Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Sunday. It's the 15th of February. Valentine's Day is finished. What the dickens are the shops going to sell now? Easter eggs. Easter... I knew there was something. I knew there was something, because I have seen in various uh, shops up and down the length and breadth of the land, as I sort of peruse them, Easter eggs. So, in other words, they're all going to be sending Easter cards. But come on, hands up. Nobody sends Easter cards. Hands up how many people working on this programme at this precise moment in time got more than one Valentine's card. Just me again, then. Here we go. Valentine's... Actually, this was... I I did get one the other week, and I've now lost the blooming thing. And I, I did... I probably got three in total. And it says, this one says, I want to cover you with kisses. Metaphorically speaking, of course. And it's from a devoted Hampshire fan. So thank you for putting a smile on my face, which banishes the credit crunch, the big freeze, etc., from my mind. Because if there's one thing we need to do in this day and age, it's get rid of all those negative thoughts. It's all those sort of things that just make you go... You just don't really want to be bothered anymore, do you? We don't want to know about credit crunch. They've got features in the Sunday papers today talking about people who've been through bankruptcy. Strangely enough, it could have been avoided because all of them went and borrowed money on credit card. All of them took the credit cards to the max. All of them accepted more credit from the companies. And now they find that they can't afford to pay it back. In fact, there is a story today about Anthea Turner. And Grant Bovey, and we were told how much they owed a short while ago. To be honest with you, unless you actually delve into it properly, you'll probably never never find out. But I think they were saying it was something like half a million pounds. Now they're saying it's more like two million pounds. And Grant Bovey has issued a statement saying, well, I didn't include last time the other, this, this whole other list of people. So it seems an awful lot of money, doesn't it? But I always think if you owe, say, a thousand pounds, the bank chase you. If you owe £10 million, the bank want to be your best friend because they're terrified that you're going to take it somewhere else. So I should imagine Grant Bovey has, uh, has, not, has not really looked at this properly, but they, their entire life just appears to be collapsing. Although, strange enough, I walked past the British Art Foundation and they've got lots of love hearts on the window and uh, Anthea Turner is down as a celebrity person. It was all I could do to stop myself throwing myself into the window. I must thank Viv from Enfield for a, a really lovely letter. Thank you very much indeed for that. She says, I have wanted to contact you for some time, but there was always something else that I needed to do. She said, I did ring you Christmas morning to say uh, thank you and happy day, but nobody called me back. Actually, we had such a busy day, Viv, uh, one of those rare occasions that we opened up the phone lines on the programme. But thank you very much indeed for that. Thank you very much. I'm glad that we, uh, we have a lot of things in common. So I'm, I'm very grateful to you that. It obviously took some, some courage to write that letter, so well done. Also to Mr and Mrs Brewer from Millwall, another towel. I've got another another towel to add to the collection. Thank you very much indeed. And we do have the Sunday papers, and we do, we do uh, have your texts and emails. 84850, steve at uk And a set of stamps, which very kindly were sent in from South Norwood, from Lynn. She says, I'm a, a long-time listener to LBC from the days of Bob and Doug and Adrian Love, my first contact. I want to praise your brilliant breakfast show, she says, but sadly I don't actually get there till 6.30 in the morning. But uh, she said, I heard you say you like commemorative stamps. Thank you very much indeed for these ones. These are the British birds, the UK species in recovery. Really, really great pictures. I love, I love stamps. I've got this, this quite large collection now, because very kindly, the Royal Mail, or whoever it is, send me all the new editions. I don't seem to get all of them, I seem to get selected ones. But I just love them. I remember years ago as a kid, you'd sit there and you'd cut them out and put stamp hinges on. Nowadays, nobody seems to have hobbies. Nobody bothers with hobbies at all, I'm afraid. Uh, Although the dad at 13, his uh, hobby appears to be now, I want a DNA test. And I said the other day, this is almost uncanny, when we looked at poor little Alfie, the, uh, the child of eight, who's actually 12 but 13 now, 
I said he should get a DNA test because the girl who is pregnant appears to have been around the block quite a few times. In fact, she's been around the block three times, according to the paper, because they've got different boys in here saying, uh, I think I could be the father. And then a 14-year-old going, I hope I'm not the father. And you have to ask the question, don't you? Which is the one, how many she slept with, for goodness sake, at 15? Because we've now got three in the paper. She's only 15 years old, and already she slept with three. We did assume that as she was on the pill, there was a very good chance that she was active sexually. But uh, now it's all over the place, with a 14-year-old saying, I really hope to God I'm not, and a 15-year-old saying, well, I think I could be, and a 16-year-old whose brother was told that he'd been having sex with this Chantel for some time, apparently three months. I mean, we did say on the programme, and I did feel a little bit guilty afterwards, and I said, for some reason, it's always the unattractive ones who seem to think that if you have sex, that means somebody loves you. Whereas, of course, it doesn't. It just means that you're the easy person on the block, and she appeared to be the very, very easy person. Uh, The thing is, you're going to be paying for it. You are going to be paying for every minute. In fact, she will probably be able to apply for a council house. So there's another one who's going absolutely nowhere with their life or their career, if if indeed they're ever going to have a career. The chances are they probably won't. So the people this morning have got, I want a DNA test. Baby scandal, Alfie and his family talk to the people. In fact, the whole families appear to have spoken to everybody. My question is, have they been paid money? If they've been paid money, does this affect their benefits? Because all of them are, in fact, on benefits. The whole lot. 84850, steve at uk. Uh, Mick says, I recently moved to the wilderness of Cornwall. Unfortunately, I can't get LBC down there. But you so can. You so can get LBC down there. You can either get it on Sky, which I think is 9124? No. 0124. I've just probably sent you to some awful site. 0124 on Sky. Or, if you've got your computer with you, you can actually uh, just log on to lbc.co.uk and find all the details on there. Uh, A little bit later on on the programme... Uh, Jonathan Levi's coming in to have a look at the papers just after nine o'clock. Darren's here as well. Now, my advice is that when Darren comes in, we're going to try and answer as many of your techie questions as possible. You've got problems with your computer, if it's not doing what it's supposed to do. You've bought a gadget, you want to know about which sort of direction to head in. You need to know about firewalls and all sorts of things. Then get those questions in, because he'll be here from ten o'clock this morning. And we generally, like last week, had no time to get through even a third of all of your uh, questions. So get those in as quick as possible. 84850 As you can well imagine, and we predicted on Friday, all the papers are full of uh, jade. Depending on which paper you read, um, determines what you think is going to happen. We, we, we know the ultimate, because she's been told it's terminal. But in one of them, she's going to get married in the chapel of the hospital. In another one, she wants to get married at home, in a church. And in the other paper, she's going to get married at Elton John's house. Which one you go for, I've got no idea. No idea. But they've got different pictures. The news of the world is her sitting up in bed. Uh, the one in the mirror, these have obviously been released. You must have to get permission from her to, to put them in. Is her asleep. And in one of the other papers, it's also her not looking particularly good at the moment, which she wouldn't. But, however, they've got her mother, Jackie, with the two boys, and uh, family friend, Kevin Adams, who for some reason seems to think the whole thing is absolutely fantastic and they're obviously all having a big laugh about the whole thing because he's got a big smile on his face, I suppose, being positive. She says, Jade, that is, I'm ignorant, but my boys won't be. They'll get the best education, which they're getting at the moment, and they will know it was all down to their mum. You hope they will know that. You hope that they know that. You can constantly go on about it, but unfortunately, it just depends the way things pan out. 
Uh, Jack turned up with flowers on Valentine's Day. He's still tagged, so he can only stay there till three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I don't think you'd want, really, Jade's mum, Jackie, near the children, because she couldn't even bring Jade up properly. That's why Jade had this traumatic childhood. Um, and I would have thought that their father, Jeff Brazier, would be very interested in bringing up his own children, not having... Uh, strangers bringing up the children. I don't know how well he knows Jack Tweed, but I don't see why any father, that's why I suppose you agree with Fathers for Justice, why they'd want some strange man bringing up their children. So I think at the end of the day, even if the money goes to the kids, their father will absolutely have the uh, the deciding vote in what happens to their education. I think they'll probably end up going to live with, uh, with, with Jeff and uh, occasionally they'll go and see their grandmother. But frankly, I, I have a horrible feeling that people are going to try and make money out of this. Jade herself is, is looking for three million for the wedding pictures, three million pounds, and then I'm assuming that they'll also pay a million for the funeral or something. It's going to come from OK Magazine. It's not going to go anywhere else. And I think people will be interested. So good for her if she can make as much money as possible. And well done to Max Clifford, who is the only person I know that can actually broker deals like this. More on the mother of the child, Dad Alfie Patton says, I don't believe it's his baby. And they've got a, a picture of the mother's. It's not a not pleasant reading, I'm afraid. And the teenage dad, Alfie Patton's love cheat father, has got two women pregnant at the same time, and it's uh, it's just it's just terribly tragic, the whole thing. Terribly tragic. Uh, here's a picture of uh, Cheryl Cole. Apparently, thinks she's launching a singing career back in America. I don't think so, Cheryl, because we all know you can't sing. And they're arguing over how much money she's going to get for being on X Factor. She's asked for a million. And Danny has asked for a million as well. They think Cheryl will get a million and Danny £750,000. No such thing, of course, in television as a credit crunch. There appears not to be. The uh, TV quiz show still giving away loads of money, which is good news. Watched in it to win it last night. I do like that because I always think you must know the answer to this question. And then I flipped over and I'm flip-flopping backwards and forwards. Especially in the moment the lottery comes on, because I think, unless, it, unless it's my numbers, I'm not remotely interested in that side of it. Only interested in the game show. And then Ant and Deck were back. What a night to launch Ant and Deck. Uh, on Valentine's night, and they had the usual suspects. It was the usual bunch of, how many celebrities can we drag out of the gutter and pretend they're actually stars? So we had uh, Robbie Williams' best friend, Lembit Opik, who's in one of the papers today, surprising with somebody uh, well-known to this programme. And it's a girl called Zoe French. Zoe French has sort of been hanging around on the uh, periphery of show business for a long time now, and uh, she might or might not be going out with Lembit Opik. She was always a bit naff, I'm afraid. And, uh, and this, of course, hasn't enhanced her reputation. 8.15, Sunday morning, LBC 97.3, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Let's have a check on the state of the roads. Bill Sheldrake. Thanks, Steve. Eastertown at Hackney, Lower Clapton Road is blocked at the junction with Downs Road. Just... Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Sunday morning, LBC 97.3, while the uh, row rages over the Sunday papers over who really is the father of Chantel's baby. It seriously can't be this little eight-year-old kid who's really 13. It can't be because she appears to have slept with most of the neighbourhood. Classy act. Classy act. The other thing that I forgot to mention this morning is that, of course, the next big thing, having got rid of Valentine's Day, is Pancake Day. And I don't know if you've practised, but I have over the last week or so, and I'm absolutely useless, useless at doing it. I need to go out and buy another frying pan, because my mum could make them like there was no tomorrow, and you're probably sitting there thinking, it's easy to do pancakes. I did go out and buy. I, one, um, one time I thought, if you put a bit of oil in the pan, then that will work. It doesn't work the same way. So I went out and bought a block of lard. 
I, was, I mean, I, I didn't even know you could still buy this stuff. I thought you'd... Or dripping, or what it used to be called, I think. Dripping or something, something else. Uh, because I remember from the early days, before we had oil like mazola and sunflower oil to cook in, you would have a frying pan which had this white stuff which solidified, and then you'd heat it up again, and you'd carry on cooking in it, and it just added to the flavour. I don't remember it ever being cleaned. Sure, it must have been at some point. But uh, I did try doing it, put a little bit of lard in there, just a little tiny bit in the corner, and then I bought... All right, hold my hands up. I can't do pancake mix, so I did buy ready-made pancake mix. And then somebody said, you don't even need to buy this stuff. You can buy ready-made pancakes. And I thought, well, this sounds like a godsend. You can always pretend. So I did do it. Then you put a little knife underneath, loosen it, and then you throw it in the air. And then you kind of wait for it to come down off the ceiling. Because I'd forgotten that I threw it, and it went underneath the cooker. And I've got a cooker hood, so it was stuck up there. So I sort of peeled it off, and then this congealed mess ended up, and unfortunately, because I'd taken the frying pan off, the congealed mess then lands on the hot plate. So I've now got to scrape that off. So I've decided to cut my losses and to save burning down the kitchen, I'm going to go and buy ready-made pancakes. And if anybody's got an easy way of tossing pancakes, there must be some simple way of doing it. must be loads of ladies listening at the moment who know all about cooking and say, oh, pancakes, easy-peasy, lemon-squeezy. And then, of course, you can make either savoury pancakes or sweet. I bought the lemon juice, but then I couldn't get the top of that off properly. Because they had a special offer in Iceland. All right, hold my hands up. I've been in there a couple of times, all right? Just to wander around, see if there's any bargains in the fish finger department. So I bought this, this Jif lemon. And the idea is, and I remember from my youth, that you take the top off and you squirt, and it comes out the little hole in the top. Not this one. So I'm, I'm trying to fathom out how you get the lemon juice out of the plastic lemon. And in the end, I, I, I had to get a pair of pliers to take the top off, and the whole lot goes all over the place. So I'm now left with half a Jif lemon with absolutely nothing in it. So I've decided it's easier to go buy fresh lemon, because that way, at least I'm going to get some lemon on them. And then I thought, I can't be, you know, I can't be bothered. Since when do we celebrate Jif Lemon Day or or Pancake? What what does Pancake Day mean? Do people in olden days have pancakes? Is it another pagan ritual? Is it it getting all this bad? Why pancakes, though? What was the reason? Oh, pancakes are bad for you, are they? Oh, right. We think pancakes are bad for you. So we're actually, apparently, according to the producer, because he knows these things, because he, he does cook occasionally, it's using up your sugar and your eggs before Lent. I mean, all the stuff that uh, that you had in the cupboard. I've just made up the last bit because you took it off the screen. So I'm assuming it's all the stuff that's sitting in your cupboard before... Why have you got to use it up before Lent? Why can't you hang it over? Is there some reason why you can't hang it over? Go on, answer that one. Apparently... Oh, because you... Oh, right, you'd be tempted. I've never... I've never been tempted by what's in my cupboards. I do have... In one of my cupboards... You're going to think I'm mad here. I have a jar of ten-year-old Marmite. And I can't get it out of the cupboard. Because what's happened is... When I put the lid back on, a little bit was in the lid. And it trickled down the side. And it's solidified. And it's rock hard. I've tried chipping it out with a nut. I've tried everything. I cannot get this jar of Marmite out of the cupboard. And I don't know how long it lasts anyway. So I'm now stuck in the middle of one of my cupboards, and I've got a, a turntable in there, which you put things on. It's quite good for stacking up. It looks like a bit of a wedding cake. And you turn it. Sorry? Do I have... I'd, do you know, strange enough, I do have CDs in one of my cupboards in the kitchen. I don't know why I've got some very odd stuff. I've got... I'm, I'm, really, even I think I've got some odd stuff. Because I tend to buy fresh. I tend not to use tin stuff. So the only stuff I've got in the cupboard are tea bags. And I think there's a jar of tomato sauce or something. I can't remember, actually. The life of me. Whatever it is, I've got this Marmite and it's stuck in the cupboard and it's it's just driving me crackers, I'm afraid, at the moment. 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk uh, John says, can you wish my wife Anne 
a happy 51st birthday for today. Lunch in Chislehurst and a soppy film for the afternoon. What would be a soppy film? Do you know, I'm so glad they didn't show on the television Sleepless in Seattle or any of those sort of films. I mean, who wants to sit there and watch soppy films when everybody else is going, ooh, look, Valentine's Day. And everywhere you went, there were people... Even I walked out of M&S because they had the, the meal deal on. And I thought, I'll try it. Unfortunately, biggest disaster of my life. So I went for the meal deal, and they had a, it was a really good choice. £20. I know there's restaurateurs listening at the moment saying, well, people should be coming out to restaurants. But I think if you're that in love, you'd rather stay in, wouldn't you? Give somebody a bottle of wine, a bottle of carver, and, uh, and then hope that you become romantic. You're never going to get romantic sitting out over a portion of spare ribs anywhere, are you? And yet restaurants were probably chock-a-block yesterday with people going, for some reason we've got to go out on Valentine's night. I don't know why. I would think if you were in love with somebody, the last thing you want to do is go out. You want to stay in, don't you? Paint yourself with chocolate, put roses on the bed and, you know, light some candles and float them in the bath and stuff like that. Even if you're by yourself. And sometimes, so you sort of go... So I went out for the Marks and Spencer's meal deal for 20 quid, which was a, a starter. So I bought salmon. Get a nice packet of salmon. The main course, it was a big chunk of salmon. OK? And it looked particularly good. I got a house salad. And then for some reason, I bought cheese for dessert. Now, I'm not a big fan of cheese, but I bought that cheese that's got veins in it, that blue veiny stuff, which is called... Is it Stilton? I think it's Stilton. I've never had Stilton in my life. I've, I've reached the ripe old age of... <coughs> 30, 30, anyway, and... Uh, 38. And I, so I've got through all these cheeses. I can do Red Leicester, Emmental, uh, Edam, and cheddar, and that's about it. So I've never had any of these peculiar... I, don't, I can't do any cheese like brie, but this stuff came with brie. So I looked at the brie, and I thought, I'm not having that. But I did try this veiny Stilton, and, you know, I quite liked it. I quite like. So I had a little bit of that, just by itself... And I thought, that's really nice. And a bottle of carver, which I haven't touched. Unfortunately, all was going well until I took the salmon out of the packet, the big piece of salmon for the main, which I was going to have with the salad. As it turned out, that's exactly what I did have. I, I just um, lightly steamed it, and then it flaked, and I just put it onto the salad. Unfortunately, when I took it out of the packet, and it was a really big bit of salmon, I turned it over, it's still got all the silver flesh on it. The whole... It's, it's like they've just taken a piece of salmon, and they've cut it, and they put it skin side down but of course you know me i've got a phobia about skin so I, I'm, I'm looking at it thinking oh dear this is absolutely dreadful i took it out of the packet already to drop in the frying pan to sort of just sear it off a bit thought, oh no so i then had to get sharp knife out take off the silver skin and people say that's the best bit because it holds it all together absolutely revolting for me i'm just not the sort of person who can eat anything like that so cut a long story short i did have the salmon it was very nice and had a little bit of the cheese and then end up throwing the rest away so i've still got and i did walk out with a red rose which I did give to Russell's girlfriend, wife. So he'll be absolutely thrilled to discover that she got two roses that day. I was going to nip round, and because uh, he's apparently working out in the shed, so I thought, you know, saying as it's my New Year resolution, try and get myself absolutely fit, I thought I could have nipped round and had a little workout as well. Alison in Greenford says, is your birthday the 19th? No, it really isn't. As far as she said, mine is the 26th. So there you go. Uh, Jade shouldn't marry this guy. He'll take half the kids' inheritance, says Claudia. I don't think he will. She's going to make sure, and I think Max Clifford will oversee it. And if anybody you would trust with your money, it would have to be Max Clifford. I think that he will make sure as a trustee, the money will go into trust for them, and it will pay for their education. I don't think Jack Tweed will get one penny piece. I think what he'll do, as I said earlier on, I think he'll be selling stories. And that's where I think it uh, becomes tacky. Not for very long, because I think most of his uh, career has been... Um, 
based on, on Jade's. It's on the back of Jade's career. Uh, Steve, you mentioned the world of Susie Wong. Where did you find it? Amazon. Easy peasy. Got it from uh, Amazon. It was only about six or seven quid. Funny thing is, guess who was in the world of Susie Wong, which is a great William Holden film set in Hong Kong, surprisingly, and has got some... Oh, what memories it brought about. We spent two years in Hong Kong, and I looked at the, uh, the footage with the, which they've got shot there. Absolutely fantastic. Really, really, really nice. And there is a guest appearance in this film, and I looked at the credits. The credits came up. It's got all sorts of people. It's, uh, it's got Lawrence Naismith in it, who was the amazing Mr Blunden. It's also got, um, oh, crikey, all sorts of strange actors who, who pop up in this film in Hong Kong. And it, was, it was part filmed there, part filmed here. But the exterior shots out on the harbour are just, just absolutely magical and going up the peak and the rains, beautifully done. And it's about William Holden, who's an artist, struggling, and he goes over there and he meets a girl. Who's, uh, who gives him uh, another name, I think, Lei, Lei Wei or something like that. But really, she's Susie Wong. And Susie Wong is a call girl. And uh, it was, obviously, in those days, it was really advantageous to make sure that you've got a benefactor. So somebody who looked after you. You want I be your girlfriend, she says. And it was really good. It's very good. So in the end, they, they sort of get together and they go through lots of things and there are lots of twists and turns. Beautifully shot and everything else. The guest appearance, which was the one that surprised me, Lionel Blair. Lionel Blair is in the world of Susie Wong because the credits come up at the beginning and it gives it... And I, Lionel... Lionel can't be Lionel Blair. Anyway, I watched the film. I couldn't see him anywhere. I don't know what part he was going to be playing. So in the end, I had to go to IMDb, log on to the world of Susie Wong, check out Lionel Blair, and he's a dancer. And in the middle of the film, where they, they go to this bar, she's working a bar and obviously meeting lots of sailors, he's a sailor who dances with her. So I'm now going to have to watch it back again just to see uh, how good it is. So I was looking at the sailor thinking, that's actually quite a good part. I hope you actually get credited for the thing. And, of course, it does. It's Lionel Blair. Uh, Telepresenter Anthea Turner, not anymore, and hubby Grant Bovey actually owe £1.5 million more than they claimed when their business went bust last year. In December 2008, not that long ago, Grant was saying, you're implying we owe millions, which is just not true. Now we're in February, he said, I was referring to trade creditors. I wasn't misleading anybody. So who do they owe? They've got here um, a flooring company, 12,000, a carpet company, 12,000, a bed company, 13,000, imagine homes, 648, and so the list goes on, and NatWest, just under 800,000. It's quite a small fortune. LBC 97.3 Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to nine. It's Steve Allen, Sunday Breakfast. Nice to have your uh, company. Thank you so much for all those people advising me on how to make pancakes. Although most of you seem to think I need a housekeeper, which will solve an awful lot of problems. Uh, Don't forget, do send in your questions for Darren. He's going to be with you after the news at ten this morning. Uh, so any problem you've got with your computer, the television, or you want to guiding in the right direction about firewalls and stuff like that, then uh, send us a question. But bearing in mind, we get loads. We whiz through them as fast as we possibly can, but there is a limit to how many you can do in half an hour. I think our record is something like 20. So you can understand we have to, we have to filter fairly quickly. So the shorter the question, the more chance there is of us getting round to it. Marie and Hackney bought an eight-pence packet of batter mix from Sainsbury's. Just had an egg. I'll let you know how they taste when cooked. Uh, I think we have pancakes on Shrove Tuesday because it's the nearest thing to flatbread that Jesus shared with the apostles, says Dee, but it's a long time since I went to Sunday school. Do you know Sunday school? I went to Sunday school. Anybody else go to Sunday? Do they have Sunday school anymore? Do kids go to Sunday school? Your parents used to go to big church and you went to, to little church. They used to love it, Sunday school. Can't remember what we learned. But I think I have my own Bible which I think somewhere, somewhere I've got, because I know that it's got a wooden cover and it's 
wood taken from a tree in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it's, it's obviously quite a posh Bible because it's got gold leaf all the way around the outside. Quite nice, isn't it? Uh, another one here says, uh, Steve, I remember about 20 years ago, a little girl of 11 had a baby. She was the youngest person in England on record to have one. This sort of thing's been happening for years. It is, but w- what's even more embarrassing is that people are standing out, these sort of, these sort of little children, admitting they've had sex with this girl. And that's what I find even... I mean, you look at it and you think, you know, you're going to say, yes, you know, supermodel or something. Not this thing here. Quite clearly, at the age of 15, she's, you know, she's putting it around all over the place. Terrible. Uh, my late mum, says Joe, used to make fab pancakes. She used to fry them in butter. But when she used to toss them, she'd always shout, whoopla. Not with you anymore, your mum, I can tell from that one. But she, would, she was a fab cook and made the best eclairs in town. Oh, I can well imagine. My mum used to make eclairs as well. And my mum used to make things in miniature. If the recipe says made eight, my mum had made 16 out of it. And everything came in miniature. All her eclairs, because she came from a generation, like many of you, where you baked. You didn't go out buying ready-made things. You didn't go to the ba- The only time you went to the bakery was to buy bread. You didn't buy cakes unless it was a special treat, because the rest of the time you made your own things. I can remember as a kid making, come on, every, every child always made uh, chocolate, melted over a bowl with Rice Krispies. And then you'd spoon them into cases, and then you were allowed to lick the bowl. You know, that was a bit of a treat. Even when my mum was making cakes, you were allowed to lick the bowl. God knows, I'm not surprised people have put on weight nowadays. But you went, you went to the baker to buy bread. Uh, because for some reason, people didn't make their own bread at home. I think because we didn't have the ovens or the capability or it was, it was cheaper to go and buy it. But cakes, everybody made. Everybody made cakes. My mum used to make um, eclairs, rock buns, something called simnel cake. And for the life of me, I can't remember what it was. A cherry and almond thing, which was delicious. I mean, everything. At Christmas, she made the whole lot. She made the cake in November. There must be loads of you who go, well, we do the same now. Steve, M&S do the best ready-made pancakes. Lemon and toffee flavour, says Amanda in Mottingham. I'm not sure, actually, that my uh, my little stomach will cope with uh, with toffee flavour at the moment. It sounds delicious. Perhaps with a dollop of ice cream as well. Sarah says, um, this one here, who says, my, uh, your friend Anthea Turner will help you with your Marmite jar. Try soaking it with hot soapy water around the bottom. The jar, not yours. Thank you. Somebody said a hairdryer which I think is uh, quite a good idea, and then you just sort of melt it around the bottom. There's a scene in the Norman Wisdom film, The Bulldog Breed, involving Michael Caine and Oliver Reed. Neither of them are in the credits, though, says Michael. Ha, ha. Uh, Michelle says, I'm so glad you mentioned Susie Wong. It's always been one of my favourites. No-one had ever heard of it when I'd mentioned it before. I've still got an old videotape. Well, you can get it on DVD now, and it's beautiful quality. It's it's such a a good little film. I like that. Uh, Steve, what were the parents thinking? This I've heard a million times when they allow a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old to sleep together in their home. Have we forgotten it's illegal to have sex under 16, says Jackie. It is, but then you look at the families and this is quite normal for them. Quite normal. And quite clearly, if, if there are three people in the paper today saying that uh, they've slept with her, I mean, you worry, don't you? I mean, I'm, I can't imagine what my parents would have thought um, if they'd ever, you know, if any, a, a story like this would have emerged. But nowadays, they get, how much money can we can get from the papers? They're going to give us money. I mean, I'm hoping that the benefits people go, right, how much have we made for this? They contact the Sun, they find out how much they paid, or all the other papers, then they take away their benefits. Because, frankly, they're quite lazy. And, uh, and she's sleeping around at 15. Perhaps it's a career, I don't know. Perhaps she's sort of, you know, this is the forerunner to advertising in phone boxes. I've got no idea. Uh, Steve, uh, I grieve I can't have children. I'm forging a career instead. We'll never take maternity pay, but we'll spend my life paying for other people's babies and benefits. How to not get bitter. I know, Anna. I know, it's terrible. Uh, which newspaper has the article on bankruptcy? I think, actually, it, it could be uh, News of the World. 
could be news to the world. There's quite a number of papers have got items on bankruptcy and loads of people talking about how they've gone through it and, and how easy it is. In fact, you go onto the internet, you can't move. There's internet sites all over the place which will guide you through bankruptcy so that if you get to that stage... The only problem with bankruptcy is that you can't... Um, if you've got a house that's got a lot of equity in it, they're going to make you sell the house. That's what they're going to do. It's no good just thinking, oh, I've got credit card bills, I'll just write them off, because it doesn't happen like that. If you've got a house, you own, own a property, and there's equity in it, there's a chance that you'll lose it. Here she is, sorry, Lembit Opic, again, the world's dreariest naff celebrity, and, uh, and with something looking quite old here, and this is something called, they say, model Zoe French. When was the last time Zoe French modelled? We found some rather tacky pictures of Zoe French. Uh, unfortunately here, she's claiming to be 22. Must be the oldest 22-year-old, and obviously it's your little bit of fame. Poor old Zoe's been hanging around on the fringes of showbiz. She's tried quiz shows, she's tried just about everything, and fortunately, nothing has worked out. She says on one of her blogs, so funny, uh, I think I'll try and be a TV presenter. We saw her efforts on YouTube. It was pitifully lame, I'm afraid. Pitifully lame. I remember her writing and complaining about me once until we found some rather disgusting pictures of Zoe French. But uh, here she is, and uh, hanging around with Zoe, uh, with uh, Lembidopic. Neither of them exactly difficult to pull, I should imagine. Uh, here we go. The Duke of Westminster forked out £17,500 to spend a single night with a high-class hooker. Cool, let's hope for it. Do you think this 15-year-old girl knows there's this much money out there? £17,500, and uh, here she is, Vice Girl Zana. Uh, Zana is a hooker, and that's how she makes her money. And uh, today, the pretty madam behind the gang of prostitutes tells how the married duke, whose romps with another of her cool girls was exposed, blew a fortune on lust. Well, I'm going to think that's up to him, you know, if his wife's happy with that and he wants to spend his money. You do feel a bit sorry for the old brasses, don't you? Because they have to then sort of say, hello, this is what I do for a living, and their parents are going, dear God, that's our daughter. Dreadful, isn't it? Uh, 84850, uk. Um, another one here says there's... Uh, oh, yes, well, we did that one about the scene in the, uh, in the Norman Wisdom film, which, um, which frankly, is... Uh, I don't remember that one. Michael Caine and Oliver Reed in the same film, but they're not credited, strangely enough. Similar cake is eaten to represent the Last Supper. The marzipan balls on the top represent the, uh, those presents, says Angela. Thank you for that. Uh, Bill says... Kunzel cakes. Do you remember those Kunzel? You bought a box, wasn't it? Was it a box of six? A box of six. Um, and for, they were round chocolate things. That's all I remember, Kunzel. They were very famous. That's all I can remember. David Slough says similar cake was gross. Oh, no, it wasn't. Absolutely delicious. Absolutely delicious. Uh, lots of your questions coming in, and we'll, we'll take those off, and we'll make sure that Darren uh, looks through those a little bit later on. Uh, get the squeezy marmite. You won't need to get the top off, says man. We've tried the squeezy marmite. We thought it was horrible. We thought it was horrible because you squeeze it and it's supposed to... The idea is it's got a little valve inside and uh, the valve goes uh, down and then up again. But it doesn't, unfortunately. It still leaks and I thought it was terribly messy. The only good marmite, I'm afraid, is, is the stuff that you just open the jar and you take it out with a knife. But some, it's one of those things that people hate. Do you remember we've had lots of adverts running on LBC about Paddington Bear and... Uh, and Marmite and stuff like that. I love it. I absolutely love Marmite. Most people can't bear it. You know, you say to someone... The thing I can't stand is runny eggs. I did a feature on runny eggs on Friday on the programme because a friend of mine insists on having them, so they're just cooked underneath. And then when he cuts it, all the yolk spreads out. Oh, I cannot bear it. it. And you mop it up with hash bread. It's disgusting. It's like I could never, ever have a boiled egg again. You know, with or without eggy soldiers, because you dip... Oh, dear me. 
Just absolutely does my head in, I'm afraid. I just cannot bear it. Cannot bear it. Uh, Johnny says, with all the various days of celebration, isn't it time to have Steve Allen Day? The whole nation can bitch and tell the truth without fear of upsetting anyone. What romantic fool thought it was clever to have the idea of an edible thong? I don't know. They do. I told you the other week on the programme, somebody sent me chocolate that you paint over your body and then it hardens and then the idea is that your, you know, your loved one licks it. Well, I had mine on for a week and nobody came anywhere near me. And I was there, you know, sitting on the bus and I'm covered in this chocolate. Hello? Yeah, waiting. Nothing at all, I'm afraid. Morning, Dan. He says, um, after seeing you yesterday, because Dan, you know, drives the bus... He's got a scooter as well. Highly dangerous. And uh, he says, after seeing you yesterday and getting the text from Danny asking where I was, because it was her birthday as well, got home to find she didn't put the phone down on me, but the signal went. But she did leave another text saying, why call me, only to not pick up the phone when she called back. I was racing home because I thought it was in the doghouse. He did race home, actually. But I tell you, nothing would get me on a scooter. I just think it, it looks absolutely lethally dangerous, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Thank you to, uh, to John for sending me in uh, the pictures. Pavement artists, you know when they do them, they're 3D and it looks so, they, they're very clever. I've seen loads of these before and in, in most capital cities around the world. In Rome, I'll tell you what they're full of, those blooming living statues. You can't move for living statues in Rome. Dreadful. Brave children's champions judge Roxanne Pallet picked her winners from her sick bed after dislocating a rib on Dancing on Ice. Uh, the ex-Emmerdale star uh, apparently says, I was so disappointed I couldn't join the judging. Well, who knows. Uh, topless wags. They've got footballers, babes, bearing all on the News of the World website. It's the same old... Uh, woof, that are everywhere. I mean, it's the same people all the time. They drag them out. One of them, I can't remember what her name is, but she was once, the moment they start dating footballers, the British public lose interest in them very, very quickly. A bit like Zoe French, you know, once, once seen, always forget. Always forget. Tesco's finest delivery, Tanya Jones, own brand, bouncing baby boys for the price of one. Kept alive in supermarket freezer bags. How cute is that? Fantastic. Ian Highland will have a look at it a little bit later on, because I have seen a few television programmes. Not that much this week. Not that much. I've decided I'm going to start watching uh, all of the, the films, which at the moment I'm just surrounded by films everywhere. And don't forget, uh, we'll be going through the papers a little bit more after the news at nine o'clock this morning. Oh, the other bad news is that poor old Declan uh, Donnelly, one half of Ant and Deck, uh, still romancing some girl who works for Sky Television, who's obviously revelling in the publicity and probably can't wait to sell the story, but at the moment can't, so has to go through the relationship. But apparently Monica has her eye on Deck. Monica from the Cheeky Girls. My advice, Deck, stay well away. She says he's so cute I can show him a cheeky time. Don't be so stupid, of course you can't. You're dreadfully unattractive and you're bankrupt, so go away. Quarter to nine. Let's have a check on the roads. Here's Bill. Thank you very much. Uh, starting with a positive update for Lower Clapton Road at Hackley. Ten to nine. Nice to have your company. It's Sunday morning. Look at this. I hope it's going to be a nice day today. I'm looking forward to some nice weather. After all this miserable, freezing cold stuff that we've had, it would be nice, wouldn't it, to actually have a day where we can go out in the sunshine. But yesterday they said, oh, it's going to be nice. And I walked out and it was freezing cold and I thought, I'm glad I put my coat on. Lee says... Apologies if you've already mentioned the fact that Come Dine With Me with Chris Biggins is on Channel 4 tonight at 8pm. Yes, I think it's um, Chris, um, Edwina Curry, uh, this Olivier uh, boy, who I can't... Uh, Philip Olivier, who I think used to be in Brookside and now just takes his shirt off, and, and somebody else, and somebody else, and I've got no idea who they are, so you might have to help me on that one. Uh, it's turning quite nasty. 
over at the uh, the house of the 13-year-old boy dubbed the baby father, uh, because the uh, his father has now taken him up to London to have a meeting with newspapers, and they're looking for big money. And uh, in fact, he was crying on the back seat of the car. Uh, then it uh, claims that um, Alfie's half-sister, Jade, also believed to have had a child at 13. It's just unbelievable, isn't it, really? I mean, you, you think you've wandered into some ghastly nightmare, but then you look at them and you think, well, you're probably those sort of people anyway. Uh, you know, if you turn to prostitution and drug selling, nobody would be at all surprised in their neighbourhood. Jade says, Dennis is so out of order, Alfie's a scared little boy. Well, he certainly is a little boy. But uh, it turns out that uh, Chantelle, they say here, there are allegations, that she's had three boys staying overnight with her at home in the past few months and a number of boyfriends in the past ten months. Dear. Quite disgusting, isn't it? And uh, Sean claims she's not a young, innocent girl who got pregnant with the first boy who came along. Chantelle's mother, Penny, says it's rubbish. Chantelle lost her virgin- virginity to Alfie. I don't think anybody's believing that. Uh, 84850, Steve, at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Bernie Eccleston, out on the town with somebody... Well, I quite like Bernie Eccleston. I did like his wife, actually, Slavika. And it's also the fact that he was absolutely filthy rich. I quite like the idea of being that filthy rich... And then, all of a sudden, it goes pear-shaped. It's so awful, isn't it, really? It's so awful when it's sort of a marriage splits up, and you think, oh, that's a shame, really. And you think, it's money, isn't it? It's money. Uh, the father of Baby P is considering legal action against Haringey Council for failing to protect his son. Oh, here we go. Let's wave money again. Let's wave money. And, in fact, the council, I think Islington, have said they're going to remove all the toys from the... Uh, from the cemetery, I think, because some of them have started rotting. Haringey, is it? They've started rotting, and they're going to, to move them out. Uh, also, you get a free disc... Next week, West Side Story, which is quite good. So you get that. Unfortunately, this week you don't get a free disc, which is a shame because I was looking forward to my freebie stuff this week. But the good news is they're going to put Lucy Pinder on Question Time. I think she's going to flounder a little bit. It's a bit of a shame that Lucy Pinder, uh, in case you don't know who she is, she's page three girl, stunner, and uh, very intelligent, and, you know, gets boobed out, and just stuff like that. She went on, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, and unfortunately the British public thought she was the most boring so-and-so ever, so they kicked her out first of all. They didn't even wait for her to settle in, because she had no personality. It was, it was very dreary. There's a story of feuding drag queens in the paper today, and slumdog millionaire beauty... Freda Pinto has ditched her fiancé because of her newfound fame. Sad, isn't it, really, when it affects people? Sen says, try WD-40 on your Marmite. It gets through rust, so maybe it works on dried Marmite. <laughs> I thought, I don't know. I was thinking about using <laughs> all sorts of other strange things that you can use, I suppose. Can somebody tell Limp Opic, says Johnny, he's an MP. Why is he intent on having a career in showbiz? I don't find him witty, charismatic, or hardly anything worth listening to. He obviously thinks he's good-looking and the new George Clooney of UK politics. More like George Formby, methinks. I agree with you. The man is dreary to the point of, I think his constituents, just get rid of him. I mean, the man's quite clearly an idiot of the first order. He turned up last night on the Ant and Deck programme together with... I think the cheeky girls might have been there, but they'll turn up for the opening of an envelope. Although how they get paid now, I can't imagine if they've gone into bankruptcy. Perhaps it has to go into an account for their mother to look after. And who else was on there? Jonathan Wilkes... And I can't remember who the other people were. I really can't remember. Oh, they had Brendan Cole, but he was hanging upside down, so that didn't uh, didn't actually change anything as far as I was concerned. Uh, Biggins and Ed Wiener, uh, for the girls, the walking speedo, Philip Olivier, Paul in Manchester. Yeah, who are the other people in it? There's, there's other people, and I cannot remember for the life of me who it is. They are Jackie says, WD-40 on your Marmite jar. I got an email this week with all its uses. It's not one of these doing the rounds, is it, on the internet, where somebody goes up, here's where you can use WD-44. And Ross says, to get the Marmite jar unstuck, wrap it in a hot, wet cloth, leave it 
Leave it for a couple of minutes. That should dissolve the dry, dry marmite. Rinse the top under running hot water from time to time, and you shouldn't have the problem again. Can anybody tell me how long it lasts? Can anybody tell me how long... Does it, has a, does it have a sell-by date on, on marmite? Jack Tweed, says Ian, may not even get access to Jay's children due to his criminal record. I work with schools, and part of our anti-crime workshop covers criminal convictions for violence, which will prevent anybody from ever working as a teacher, a nurse, a youth worker, or a social worker, any job involving children or young people. I'm sure that they'll they'll go through this quite quite carefully. I would think that their father wouldn't want um, wouldn't want him anywhere near his children. Definitely not. Uh, pancakes says Bella. You need to turn over the pancake with a fish slice or a palette knife. Oh come on! Do I sound like the sort of person who's got a palette knife or a fish slice? And when it's cooked both sides, then flip it. And even if it does hit the ceiling, it won't stick. So that's quite nice. I'm going off today. Is, is Danielle's birthday party, my youngest birthday party. So I've got to go down there. Unfortunately, we can't find a postcode for the, uh, for the hall where we've got it in. So I've got to scoot out of here as quickly as possible, make it down the embankment, and then get out through the east end of London so I can get home before they all leave for this party. Because otherwise I'm never going to find the blooming place. All I know is it's, it's deep in darkest Essex. You know me and Essex. I love Essex. Everybody else telling me about Kunzel cakes. And apparently Waitrose's, says Catherine, uh, own ready-made pancakes are inspired by an English recipe. They're truly delicious. Truly. Well, I might even have to try them, I think. Uh, to remove Marmite, dip the teaspoon in hot water. To remove Marmite from the jar, uh, dip teaspoon in hot water. Why would that, why would that work? Seeing as it's, it's stuck to the bottom of the cupboard. Sadie says, why are they so proud of this 13-year-old boy? Does nobody have any shame anymore? I thought the programme Shameless was meant to be fiction. No, 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 no. It's money. It's money. That's what it is. It's, it's, they've now seen him as a way of making money. And, of course, when you're on benefits... The trouble is, I'm hoping that, uh, that they're actually going to have all their benefits taken away. Might actually persuade the family to get out there and work. Julia Bradbury, says Jim. Ha, <laughs> ha. Right. Uh, Lucy Pinder was in Big Brother, not I'm a Celeb. Either way, she was voted out, first of all. Uh, another one here. Uh, went to see Hit Me at the Leicester Square Theatre last night. Brilliant. Lovely little theatre. OK. And, uh, yes, great show. The fourth person is Julia Bradbury. Is it only four people? So there's... That's it, four people in last week. Did you see that horrible... Was it Sharda? Oh! Or whatever it is. Oh, dear Lord above. I think every week in Come Dine With they have to put somebody in there who you just cannot stand. And she was Miss Nasty. Nasty. Uh, Hazel says, have you stopped doing your gadget competition or are you going to recommend, uh, sort of recommence it soon? Yes, it's going to be recommencing soon. Uh, we'll let you know about that. Uh, is there a problem with downloading? There was, but there's not now, as far as I know. I think everything is, uh, is up to speed again. Um, another one here. Uh, I was always sent to Sunday school, Steve, but used to go to the swing park instead. There you go. <laughs> Marie and Hackney, good morning to Sister Sue in Edmonton. Uh, I love Marmite, but you should try Vegemite, says Ed. It's the Australian version. I don't know. Circus Poster Book, says Bridget. Uh, my husband, David, publishes it. Uh, he does uh, King Pole, too. How fantastic. Well, a copy of that would be more than, more than welcome. Thank you. Uh, and Blanche says, can you thank two drivers who stopped and helped me yesterday? What for? Why should we? Why don't you thank them? Why should I have to do it on your behalf? Goodness sake, woman, don't be so lazy. Uh, more on Jade in the papers. We'll find out what Jonathan Levi is going to find in there later on. It is going to be Jade, 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 or a 13-year-old who's on the front page of The People. What's even more disgusting is that the family has sold the story on it. Mind you, can you blame them? You know, a 13-year-old who's going to amount to nothing in his life, 
And magically, he gets a girl pregnant, well, or not, as the case may be, and the family make money out of it. So there you go. I mean, everybody happy, aren't they? Papers don't mind spending the money. You're interested in it, because everybody's talking about it. It's either that or Jade. Which one would you rather? I know which one I'd rather read about. Your heart. How does it make... Morning, everybody. Sunday morning, LBC 97.3. Don't forget Andrew Pierce with you from 11 this morning. And uh, he's asking the question whether or not we feel better if Gordon Brown apologises like the uh, bankers. Plus, he's going to be asking you if you got lucky in love on St Valentine's Day. Because if you did, you're hardly going to be phoning, are you? And let's face it, because you're going to want to make sure it lasts all night. But uh, I didn't, so don't dwell on it or you know, make you feel sorry for him in any way, shape or form. You know, it's not the kind of thing that worries me. Simon Calder's Travel Clinic from 2 and uh, millions more people holidaying in the UK this year. What are the best deals and where should you go? I think they should have Valentine's holidays. They do do Valentine's holidays. All the London hotels were offering for extra money. They would come and decorate your bed with heart-shaped uh, petals and stuff like that. So it's quite very messy, though, isn't it, really? You know, you're just trying to climb into bed and you've got half a ton of petals sitting all over the thing. Anyway, looking at the papers for us this morning, it's the executive producer of the South Bank Show, Jonathan Levi. Good morning. Good morning, Steve. Did you do romantic things last night for Valentine's Day? I'm afraid we stayed in, watched television and had dinner. And that was it. Is that what you do when, when you're married? You, you sort of, you go, listen, we're not going to go out to a restaurant. I mean, you, you have a three-year-old anyway. We've got a three-year-old, but actually my wife has got a friend who's single. I'm not very happy. So she oh. came over and watched television with Oh, us. so in other words, she inflicted her misery on the rest of you. Well, it was lovely to see her. Was it nice? Yeah. <laughs> it has to say that, because she could be listening at the moment. <laughs> Bridget says, give us the address for LBC and we'll send you a king poll. I think this is the Circus uh, magazine. So it's LBC Leicester Square, 30 Leicester Square. Well, it's actually, if you put it to Steve Allen, LBC 97.3, Global Radio, 30 Leicester Square, London, WC 2A7LH. OK, that's the uh, postcode. If you missed it, we'll put it on the uh, blog a little bit later. Well, uh, where do we start with the papers this morning? Where, where do you want to start? Well, you decide whether you want to start with Jay Goody or the boy father. Let's start with, in case I get too rude about the boy father, let's start with, with Jade Goody, who makes the front of, of many of the papers this morning. And as you said earlier on in the programme, actually, different photographs on each one. In the front of the Sunday Mirror, there's Jade lying down with her eyes closed, close up, looking very, very unhappy and very ill. The News of the World, she's sitting up looking quite strong. Mm. I'm beginning to feel quite sorry for Jade Goody, really, in one way or another. I, mean, I, think, I think it's finally sunk in that... It, th- this isn't some dreadful joke. When, when somebody says, listen, uh, you've got cancer, we- we're going to put you on this thing. I think secretly in her own mind, I think she probably thought, this is the miracle cure that people have told her it is, but of course it isn't. No, ex- exactly. And she has had the most extraordinary journey that we've, that's been, that's played out very in front of us, from the big brother, kebab, the mad mother, the racism charges, the abusive exes, the children, mm-hmm. and now the illness. And, and with Max Clifford orchestrating this <clears throat> final mm. um, decline is utterly extraordinary. I, mean, I heard him yesterday on LBC s- setting out her three reasons that, that, that why she's in the newspapers um, charting her decline. The children being reason one and needing money for them. Um, secondly, that it keeps her busy. And third, that she's going to set herself up as a sort of cancer campaigner. Yeah. I, d- I don't think she's going to have enough, mu- enough time to do that, really. I think that she'll end up with money for the wedding, which could be... Well, that, well they say she's asking for three million. Because let's face it, she's got nothing to lose at the end of her life. So, so she might as well go for as much money as possible. If anybody can broker the deal, Max will broker it. So if they get a three million for that, and then say an extra million for the funeral, then that, that's four million pounds that can, that can go an awful long way to looking after these, uh, these kids. I think she's got three, three properties as well. I think she has. And 
But, you know, she will get quite... She will, sooner or later, she'll be too ill to give interviews mm. and it'll all become too much, I suppose. But in some ways, it might be quite a nice um, thing for an awful lot of people who know people who are going through terminal cancer, get mm. no publicity whatsoever, don't really... It's not publicised, that the pain and suffering that people go through. They're never going to make any money out of it. They're never going to make any money out no. of it. I don't remember my mother when she was diagnosed. You, you must know people as well. And they don't make anything at all. It's just that they go, I'm terribly sorry, you know, you've got terminal cancer. She's, she says in one of the interviews that she screamed and shouted and did everything. I don't remember my mother doing that. No. And I don't know anybody who's ever had and been told about terminal cancer, scream and shout. They just sort of go, right, how long have I got? And they go... We don't know. They can't tell you. All they can say is it could be... It's, it's going to be weeks, not months. You know, you're not going to be here at Christmas. But we don't know how, how long it's going to take. It just takes various forms. Well, this is the problem with terminal cancer. It doesn't... Mm. It plays out separately case by case, doesn't yes. it? There are no rules. There are no absolute certainties about although it. His but... is, uh, although her, hers is spreading at some rate... It seems to be. And also, she's young, so it spreads more So quickly. it spreads quicker, apparently. So good luck to her for getting all the, uh, the money. If she can get loads of money out of the newspapers and OK magazine, good for her. And Jeff Brazier actually seems like quite a nice father, doesn't he? I think he'd... Well, I think he is. I just... If, if I was the father of the children, I wasn't in the relationship anymore. I mean, I think he's actually got another relationship. He doesn't want his children looked after by Jack Tweed, I don't think. No. I wouldn't have thought so. Or, or failing that, Jade's mother... Who couldn't even bring up Jade properly. So you wouldn't want her anywhere near. They've all had arguments at the bedside, which is not the best thing. But hopefully the children will have quite a lot of money and Jeff Brazer. Um, yes, exactly. So. I, I hope that that pans out quite well. And if they've got that money, it's in trust, and Max Clifford's looking after it, that can only be good news. But I would hate to think that people afterwards would exploit her memory. I know. But I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. So, is Alfie the father, or is it... Some other bloke she slept with. Well, this is extraordinary, isn't it? Because in yesterday's paper, in yesterday's Daily Express, there's, you know, the, the whole thing, a dad at 13, and then all the statistics, um, and, the, and more than, over the last 10 years, more than 40 boys under the age of 14 have become fathers in Britain. Four of the underage dads were younger than 11. Um, on average, four babies a year are fathered by such young teenagers. In total, 385 girls under 14 became pregnant between 2007 um, and 1998, so in the last 10 years or so. Mm. And then today, it's the shock, shock Sunday mirror today, the mother of the child saying, I don't believe it's his baby, and asking for a Jeremy Kyle-style DNA test. Because all these people live in the media, and they probably think, oh, we can make more money out of it. I mean, they appear to be, in most of the papers, negotiating via whoever it is who's handling this for as much money as possible. Then you look at pictures of this family, I mean, they're really... They're obviously different people to the rest of us. They're obviously people who think there's nothing wrong with this little hoodie arriving back, who's had sex with a 15-year-old, who depending on which paper you uh, read, has either slept with half the neighbourhood or this was her first time. Well, it's like a cross between Jeremy Kyle's show and, that, and Channel 4 Shameless, isn't it? It's, yes. it's got a kind of... But they exist, these people. They're... None of them work. No. Why are we supporting people like this? I mean, un unless they're all in wheelchairs, they all look perfectly capable of working, as far as I'm concerned. I think we should just take away people's benefits. Well, as you said earlier on in the earlier on in the programme, actually, you don't know to what extent their benefits are going to be affected by the amounts of money they may or may not be being paid. Do they actually think, stories? like probably a lot of other people, that you actually get, you know, loads of money in because they go, we're on benefits, we need this stress and everything else, and all of a sudden the paper gives you another, you know, 10,000 quid and you can keep all of that as well? Perhaps, Maybe. perhaps they, they think that. Hope not. Well, according to the News of the World this morning, um, a second boy has come forward... Um, and says that he might be the real dad. Richard Goodsell, age 16, insisted that he often shared a bed with Chantel over the period of three months, Lord. around the time she fell pregnant, and he's demanded a DNA test to pr prove that he's the daddy. 
Listen, I mean, to be honest with you, having a look at a picture of her, and my God, she's not a looker, you know, I'm, I'm erring on the side of caution, but she's quite clearly the easiest one in the neighbourhood. She's obviously the one that everybody was sleeping with at the time, unless there's a whole neighbourhood of these uh, people. At 15, though, we did argue the case the other day that uh, it's only a short space between 15 and 16, should she have waited till she was 16, or, as she was on the pill, why she didn't take it this particular night, goodness only knows. Well, I know. I know, I, I expect the 13-year-old will be relieved, but it turns out that he's not the father. Yeah, but all of a sudden it takes away the, the, uh, the pressure on him, because he does look like... I mean, to me, when, when I first saw the picture, she just looked like his mother. Well, she do, well he does look eight. He looks he? eight years old. And he's only uh, four foot. That's right, we were all talking about it yesterday. I mean, everybody's been talking about it for days and days. And people seem to... The moment I showed it to my producer during the week, she went, Ugh, how disgusting is that? I mean, the, this girl of 15 who quite clearly is far more promiscuous than this little boy, because he hasn't done anything up until that time, would actually take a little child of eight years old to her bed. I know. I found that even more worrying, but perhaps perhaps her, her family think it's OK. I know. Well, there's another, there's another story. It's sort of a, an older version of the, same, of the same girl, in a way. 42-year-old primary school teacher right. in yesterday's um, Daily Express. 42-year-old met a 14-year-old boy on the internet, sent him messages saying, I want to have sex with you. Um, really? Met him on the... She met him on the uh, the role-playing fantasy computer game World of Warcraft. Right, I've never heard of it. No, I think it's... I don't um, have that one, I don't think. Were you not into no, fantasy games? No, I'm not. I remember years ago doing a feature on the programme about Dungeons and Dragons, and I went round to this house of this lady, and her, her son was into Dungeons and Dragons, and I didn't understand anything he was talking about. I sat there for an hour, and I had no idea what he was doing. Well, I remember when I was at university on Sunday mornings, people used to sort of meet wearing huge costumes and they'd go off into the woods and bash really? each other with um, that, that was in Dungeons and Dragons I think similar sort of thing similar sort of thing fantasy games workshop I'm not into it I have actually thing. seen game shops and I've looked at the people who go in there and I'm, sli- I'm slightly worried by the fact they do enter this and, and you know sort of strange surreal world and then they, they take it on and their bedrooms are covered with pictures of this and that and they dress up well I think it's very peculiar it, it's, 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 only, it's only peculiar actually because we don't do it <laughs> if we did it, it wouldn't be peculiar at all. Anyway, this 42-year-old woman that looks a bit like Anne Widdicombe on a very bad day um, created a blonde, slim character for herself online. Oh. Um, which she's admitted, a teacher. She's a 42-year-old teacher. She admitted to police that her blonde, slim character was, quote, everything I'm not. Oh dear. And she met this 14 year But that, that does happen a lot, as anybody who's been on the internet will tell you, that a lot of people go... I mean, I've, I've seen various websites with people, they just make up a name for themselves and then uh, cut and paste pictures that they've taken from the internet and pretend to be that uh, character. They're generally people of limited intelligence. They're generally people who are very sad and lonely, that they have to create this, this persona to try and get other people to be interested in them. Well, they do. But the most extraordinary thing is um, what risks that... Um, intelligent people take on the internet. I mean, there's a story here in today's Sunday Express. Well, by the way, what happened to the teacher? Oh, oh, she's been jailed. Really? Yeah. Now, isn't that strange? She's been jailed for having sex with a 14-year-old, whereas most 14-year-olds go, oh, older woman, fantastic. And yet there's a 15-year-old who's taken a 13-year-old to a bed and the police aren't prosecuting. Yeah, although not this older woman, Steve, if you see a photograph of her. Oh, Lord above. Anyway, we'll take a very quick break. We'll have a check on the state of the roads at 9.15. Here's Bill Sheldrake. Thanks a lot, Steve. Long delays on the M20 southbound at Junction. Morning, everybody. 9.19 is the time. It's Steve Allen through until 11, when Andrew will be along with us in the studio reviewing the papers for you this morning. It's Jonathan Levi, executive producer of The South Bank Show. We mentioned it casually a short while ago because we went to the awards and we thought we would sort of return the favour. Uh, the son of ailing great train robber Ronnie Biggs has been barred from visiting him in hospital 
Uh, Ronnie Biggs is 79 now. Actually, when you look back at what the Great Train Robbers took, which I think was about 2.6 million, it doesn't really seem a lot of money in this day and age, does it, when you've got other people who go bankrupt for more than that? No, and it's extraordinary that he's still in prison, whereas an awful lot of people who've committed much greater sounding crimes recently yes. seem to get out very quickly. You can't they? let him out now, though, can you? No. I mean, well, I suppose he was on the run for 35 years, wasn't Yes, he? and then he became ill, so they obviously thought, I'll tell you what, let's actually go this, this big, high-profile getting back to England so he can get free hospital treatment. Yes. Which is exactly what he's uh, getting. But now he's got pneumonia, so he can't speak or walk after a series of strokes. And, and he's 78. But they, they do this every so often, and then, lo and behold, next week he'll be fine. Absolutely. We'll wait and see. I've got another story here in the Daily Express yesterday's about Britain's bonkers immigration system. A failed asylum seeker who was desperate to go home was ordered to stay here at taxpayers' expenses. Rashid Ali, who's 30, is so keen to get back to Morocco that he's stowed away on cargo ships six times in the last four years. On each occasion he's been caught, sent back to British shores and detained, costing taxpayers hundreds of thousands of pounds. Um, He doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to be here, and he keeps trying to escape, and he keeps getting caught, and he keeps being brought back. Um, at an earlier hearing, a judge vowed kicks and backsides at the Home Office, saying the sooner he gets back to Morocco, the better for everybody. Um, his three-year stay in detention has already cost taxpayers, taxpayers more than £218,000, and all he wants to do is leave. Why don't we just let him go, poor soul? If he, does, if he doesn't want to be here, he's probably... Every, it becomes a joke, doesn't it? There's so many other people who say, I'm not leaving the country, and we spend a fortune thinking, oh, right. I remember at one time, when we got rid of asylum seekers, apparently the deal was that they voluntarily turned up at the airport, got on a plane, and went home. Right. And then they realised after a while that nobody was turning up to the airport to go home. Here's this man who's desperate to leave, and they keep bringing him back again. It does seem completely... It's a very odd choice. Why would he want to leave, you know, uh, here... To go, but why didn't you just do it incognito? Well, I know. And try and get away that way. 400 people a day are going bust in this country. 400 people a day. And they've got loads of people. There's uh, Nimat Ali, ran up debts of £26,000 on seven credit cards. There's Sanjay Kula, who's been chased for nearly 100000 because a convenience store business he helped start has gone bust. Uh, and there's loads of them. Every time, when I walked through London the other day, I went down Villiers Street... And that's a fairly lively street. You've got yeah. Heaven down there and other places. Three shops, one after the other. There's a hotel in the middle, a sandwich shop, a bar and something else, all closed and boarded up. I was in the top of Richmond Hill yesterday. Along the top, just by Richmond Hill, where yeah. Mick Jagger used to live, just along yeah. there, there's three shops all boarded up. All now. boarded up. Yeah. I mean, it's amazingly, in, in Twickenham, there's somebody, you, you occasionally see people setting up businesses. Thank you. Did you have one as well? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Okay. I'm enjoying my coffee, by the way. Thank you very much. <laughs> He never made it. Didn't he? No, he didn't make it. No. You can thank, no. you can oh, thank him anyway. He'll actually be, be thanked for these sort of things. But it's, it's true. I mean, there are businesses going bust. and You feel sorry for anybody who is daft enough now to set up a business. Well, I know. In this day and age. It doesn't matter what the business is, the chances are, it, even if it's fast food, which seems to be the ones which are surviving, uh, the, mo- the more you set up, the more chance there is of diluting them. It's, it's a struggle out there for most people. It is. I mean, the statistics are absolutely extraordinary. I mean, eight days ago, Ed Balls said that we were head- heading for the worst recession for 100 years. Um, unemployment soaring, and could stand at uh, 3 million by 2010. Mm. Um, home repossessions have reached an all-time high. Um, Lloyd's Bank's on the brink of a multi-million pound bailout. But doesn't meanwhile, help, does it? It doesn't, doesn't help. But Alistair Darling is living rent-free in Downing Street. Um, while living rent in Downing Street, has received almost £70,000 for his Edinburgh family mansion. And then, of course, Jackie Smith, with her, she's living in her sister's bedroom, but claiming that as the main residence. Claiming £116,000. Totally legal, but it just seems a bit odd that, you know, almost squatting in somebody's bedroom, as Nick was discussing during the week, means that that's her main... So where her 
husband and children live is now her second residence. Her second residence, yes. But she can claim money on that and they can pay the repair bills. It's almost peculiar. But the trouble is, in, in the Commons, they're all at it. It's all perfectly legal and above board. It's just, it just seems a bit odd to the rest of us that you can make, in Jackie's case, probably about £250,000 a year. Just on that. It's not bad money, is it? Not bad money. What do you think of this Anthea Turner and Grant Bovey story, owing £1.5 million more than they claimed, according to the News of the World? It comes into different businesses, doesn't it? It does. Actually, I can't bear Anthea Turner. I know it's an awful thing to say, because I'm sure that somebody loves her somewhere, but I never liked her years ago. I always She used to go out with Bruno Brooks, and, and then she went out with, and I think she married Peter Powell. He's Powell, yep. And then she ended up with Grant Bovey. And uh, I think she's always liked the idea of spending money. Strangely enough, her, her sister's gone bankrupt as well, and uh, because she's married to uh, Gary Webster, the guy at Minder. Yes. And they've both put themselves into bankruptcy. And very shortly, Anthea Turner. And she's also run foul of the local council. They said, you can't have this by your tennis courts. That's got to come down. Yes. And all she moaned about in the papers a while ago was, we could lose our mansion. Well, you know, oh, that we should all be so lucky to be in the fortunate position of a mansion. I'm sure if they've got any sense, they'd have put money abroad. You can't be that daft, can you? It's all right if businesses go bust, because you just close it down and set up another one. Because I don't think their lifestyle's changed. I don't don't know. Considering how much money they they owe. There's another uh, woman in the paper today, Kelly Kane, who ran a successful recruitment consultancy business with an annual turnover of one and a half million, work dried up, and she's now declared herself bankrupt. Strangely enough, it seems to be what most people are doing nowadays. There appears to be no shame to being bankrupt. No shame, but it's quite complicated, you know, because your assets get taken. If you've got antiques, they get sold. If you've got anything with any value, they have to be sold. That's all got to be added up. It's all got to be added up. Right. So, in other words, if if you owed, say, 10000 or whatever it is, 26000 on a credit card here, this bloke has declared himself bankrupt. So he obviously doesn't own any property. I think if you don't own a property and you don't own a car yeah. and you're renting and your credit cards are maxed out to the full yeah. and you're young, young enough for it not to really matter, right. it's probably not a bad option. But for a lot of people with any assets, I think it's, it's a more complicated option. And then it affects your credit rating for years, for I think five years or so. I think How many credit it. cards have you got? I'm quite good with credit cards. I've only got the one. You've only got one. So you've yeah. got a visa. I've got a visa. Oh, right. Whatever happened to access cards? I remember years ago there was Visa, Access, Access yep. Diners Club, American Express, and then a few other bits and pieces. Yeah. Uh, I, I never knew what happened to them. No. No, they've all been... I'm quite good with... How many credit cards have you got? One, Visa. Oh, that's it. Yeah. I've, I've got uh, um, a charge... Uh, not a charge, what do they call it? Um, a normal card for getting money out of the bank machine. Yeah, me too. And I've got a credit card, but I try and pay off the credit card every month. Yeah. You're quite good with cash, aren't you? You pay for a lot of things in cash. Yeah, I pay cash. That's good. Only only because I got into trouble with credit cards before, and I ended up... In fact, I I got into trouble with an American Express card where I ended up owing uh, £10,000 because it came with a £10,000 overdraft. Right. And my bank at the time said... uh, I went in there, and they turned out to be listeners. And he said, we only invited you in to see see what you were like. He said, you can have the the card. He said, it comes with a £10,000 overdraft. At the time, I wasn't earning huge amounts of money. But I didn't realise that if, if you go out and spend 6,000 quid in a month, you've got to pay it all back. Well, yes. So I learnt very quickly that I had to manage my money better. Well, these, ma- these balance transfers, 0% balance transfers, are, are tricky as well, because it seems like a good idea, but then you can max out them 
up to the balance, yeah. transfer it for free onto another one, and then it sort of, I think, feels like you can start spending again. Yeah, because every time I go in a shop now, they go, do you have a Boots card? Do you have a, a Sainsbury's card? Do you have a th-? And I go, no, I haven't. I don't well, absolutely. They, I keep being told, you know, if you take out a card and you'll get another 20% off. Yeah, but that's only for that day. day. The next time, you've, you've, you've got to pay it back again. And the percentages, the interest huge. are huge. huge. I think cards. one of them, I think there was a, a store card for an electrical store in the... In the in the high street, and their credit uh, charge was 36% a year. 36%. And what are we down to at the moment? Some feeble amount. 36%. I remember thinking, that's ludicrous. ludicrous but it's appealing it? to people who don't have very much money and think, oh, I've, I'm, I'm being given all this money. Yeah. So I'm actually good now. I pay for petrol on cash because there's too many crooks working in filling stations. Yeah, garages. In garages. Yeah. That's the, the most common places. Restaurants and filling stations, the places where they clone your card. They're looking for... Is yours a gold card? Mine's a gold card. Gold card. Why do we have a gold card? Do we have a gold card because we go, oh, that's really... It, people, it says more about you. A gold card means you're earning a lot of money or you're very rich. Well, I've also got a plus account. I don't know why I've got a plus account. I pay for a bank account. You pay? Well, it's £12 pounds a month, I think. I might, I might scale back to an all Really? Why do you pay for a bank account? I don't account? know. They rang me up and persuaded me to pay for a bank account. Oh, no, you don't want to do that. Oh, you don't want to do that, as they say. Heavens above, worst thing you could possibly do. I I actually had a very good bank manager, still have, and she went through all my accounts and said, but at the moment you're you're paying £10 a month for this, which you don't need to. You've got this account here, which we can amalgamate with that one. You know, let's sort of put it into... So we we went down from something like ten accounts to three. Oh, that's much better. Yeah, much, much better. She said, but you're actually paying for something here you don't need. Yeah. But I do have an overdraft facility. Oh, I've got an overdraft facility. But I've, I haven't used it for ages. Oh, I like living in my overdraft facility. Oh, do you? Well. Oh. Are you a bit bad then? I mean, if, if you see something you want to buy, do you buy it? Or do you think, I'll just wait another month? Or are you like me and think, why wait another month? Go and buy it now. No, I'll go and buy it now. Mm. But I'll look at my overdraft facility as sort of part of the amount of oh, money that I've you? got, really. Oh. How yeah. much money do you, do you have on you at any one time? Not very much. I'm not very not good with cash. Really? No. Uh, I don't really like it jangling about. Or sort of, I don't really like to carry too much around. Too much information. More from Jonathan after this. LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 10. It's Sunday morning, LBC, the day after Valentine's Day. The day when those roses have started wilting a little bit on the sideboard because they only look good because they're in the cold. The moment you bring them to the warm, they just go all limp and collapse and there's that half-eaten box of chocolate sitting on the sideboard and you're thinking to yourself, I really couldn't face another chocolate. And everybody else is going, I don't know, sexy underwear? Not really my kind of thing. We do have a how low for you, though. It's a 19-inch LCD television. You could win this in our how low auction today. This one's got a built-in DVD player. So ideal as a second set, either for the bedroom, the kitchen, but just as good in the living room. Integrated DVD player. Watch your favourite movies without the need for all those messy wires everywhere, and we've all got them. Sleek, slim, black design. Won't look out of place wherever you decide to put it. Lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Get your bids in by two o'clock this afternoon, because at the end of Andrew's show, they will be picking the winner. You text LBC... Followed by your bid in pence. So you're looking for the lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. So if I if I put in a bid of 36 pence, and Jonathan, for example, puts in a bid of 36 pence, it cancels it out. But if Gary then comes in with 30 pence and nobody else goes below that and nobody else picks that, he gets the television. The computer will help you. So if you get a unique bid, it will tell you you've got a unique bid. So you text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send that to treble eight two one. So LBC... Followed by your bid in pence, send it to treble eight two one. The bid will cost one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Lines close at two p.m. today, which is the fifteenth of February. You must be over sixteen. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Good luck.
Good luck for that one. Uh, don't forget food and drink. Bill Buckley this afternoon, and he's talking about organic food, the movement. I never actually quite took off with organic food. Did you, Jonathan? Did you ever, or does it not make any difference where your fruit comes from? I'm quite suspicious of the whole organic. Oh, thing, are you really? Do you not like it? Or well, I just... quite like it, but it, yeah. but it, I just don't really believe that it. it's really much better. It's more expensive. It's more expensive. I know. More expensive. <laughs> I know. And I do look at it, and I do think organic strawberries, other strawberries. Well, I know, and I also heard. I was once talking to a a farmer who said that actually when non-organic fields are placed next to organic fields yeah. um the organic uh produce gets all the benefits of all the pesticides sprayed on the non-organic produce because it goes under the soil and into the organic right. field so i don't think it makes that much difference it's like i remember years ago discovering they did a whole program on uh battery eggs but these were non-battery eggs but uh they were called farm fresh and we all thought, oh, how lovely. Somebody goes out with a basket and collects the eggs and puts them in the things. And it turned out it, it was nothing like that at all. Farm fresh meant that all the chickens were kept in the house and they kept them in there, I think, for six weeks. Then they opened the doors. The chickens were too frightened to go outside, so they automatically stayed in. But the very fact that they'd opened the doors qualified for being free range. Well, it's like sausages, isn't it? Lincolnshire cured. Was made in Germany or whatever, oh, but it? cured, you know, some part of the processing yeah. or the packing is done in Lincolnshire and therefore it can be called Lincolnshire cured. Really? Yeah, there's all sorts of ways that farmers and things mm. get around all these rules. I think. That's a Swiss, you know. I know. Bit I of a Swiss. Bit of a Swiss. We're, talking of the natural world, um, yesterday's Daily Express, um, what is a tree, Steve? What's a tree? A tree. Um, well, is in it... Leicester Square at the moment it's something very bare with twigs on it at the moment. A tree is something that grows out of the ground... Are you just, is, is, this, is this describing it to somebody who is blind? No. Oh, right. It's a judge to answer a simple question, what is a tree? Justice Cranston took 12,000 words and he concluded that there is no statutory definition of a tree. Because does a tree include a young tree or a sapling? Um, and he, uh, Martha, Lord Denning, Master of the Rolls, the previous definition of a tree was that anything over seven or eight inches... If you had wood of over seven or eight inches... Heavens above, one can only dream of these things. Then you would have a tree. That's a tree. But if your wood is less than seven inches, it doesn't constitute being a tree. So over seven inches is a tree now? Oh, well, it was. Oh, it was. Oh, ne now there's no definition. But according to the very idea, ladies and gentlemen, if you've got wood and it's over seven inches, apparently you're, you're harbouring a tree. You're harbouring a tree. <laughs> <It does. laughs> See, I thought a tree would be... I don't know, you're right. It's, it's in between a little pop-grown thing yeah. and then a sapling. A sapling. And then... A young tree. I mean, around my way, along the riverbank in between Twickenham and Richmond, there are some trees there that must be hundreds of years old because they're really... I mean, you can't get your arms round no. them. And they're all gnarly and knotty and they're fantastic. They're and fantastic. you look at them and think, I'd love to have been here when they were planted. They're trees. The trees in Richmond Park are fantastic. Oh, they're lovely. Aren't we they? like that. We like that a lot, actually. But also on the riverbank, it's a nice walk from Twickenham to Richmond. Oh, very nice. Very nice walk. You can look up to Star and Garter Home and everything else. Very good indeed. Actually, there was a story about the Poppy Factory, who were renting out uh, flats that they've got, uh, not to disabled servicemen, but into the, into the private sector. Oh, were they? Yeah. And they said, well, we are a charity and we have to do this. But it, it made the papers the other week, which I was a bit surprised at, because I thought nobody else picked up on it. You know where Ham Farm was? Where there used to be cows in that field, when you would walk along the river yes. between Richmond and Ham. Yes, so you come round on the lower Richmond Road. Yes, yes. And you walk along the river. Yeah. What's happening there now? There's a well, huge, like huge building. Building, inside. but I wasn't. Well, what I are they at building? It, I don't it's on know. a floodplain, isn't it? Is it housing? Well, I don't know. 
It's just on the corner where, where the bus goes up and then it turns right to go down into Petersham. Behind the Dysarts, I think. Yes, on the yes, corner, exactly. Yes, by the Dysart, and that's where Tommy Steele had his house on the yes, corner. Yes, on the corner, yeah. Which is quite nice, which has now been owned by somebody else, and I wish they'd invite me in there. I know. I'd love to have a look. But Apparently this... they're headhunters. Oh, they are they? live there now, and they made £45 million pounds or something from me. Oh, really? Oh, how lovely. Because a bit further up, if you're on the top of the bus, there's that lovely half-timbered place, or fully-timbered, yes. Which somebody told me is owned by, and I now can't remember, it's either a hairdresser or a designer. Oh, is that the one with the, the big elephants yes. in, the, in the garden? Yes. Made out of topiary? Yes, it's like, it's like topiary, but I think it's plastic. Pla- oh, I see. But, then, but the house looks beautiful. Oh, it looks lovely. But it, you, it? That used to be owned, I think, this house in Richmond, by either Paul or Barry Ryan, oh, who right. were singers before your time, and they had a big hit called Eloise, or Barry Ryan did. And I think one of them lived in there with his wife, who was a princess. Mm. Beautiful house, though. Beautiful. Only see it on the top of the bus. It's worth doing the 65, as they say. (laughs) There's a story in the the paper today of a a, a company branded rubbish by TV's Dragon's Den has proved them wrong by turning over one and a half million. Strangely enough, Peter Jones says this truly is an averagely crap business. Theo Pafitis says, you've insulted my intelligence, I'm seething. Duncan Bannertine says, never heard such rubbish in my life. Deborah Meaden, this brand is worth nowhere near five million. And James Kahn says the offer I'm going to make is I'm out. So it turned over one and a half million. So you can't always trust them, can you, I'm afraid? You can't always trust them. And the valuations of companies is completely baffling. Yes. I never understand it anyway. How can Facebook be worth billions and billions of pounds? Is it? Well, apparently. Yeah, we, we had this discussion on LBC a short while ago about Facebook. And then it turns out a lot of celebrities have got Facebook profiles but it's not them it's somebody not them. else has done it right do you have facebook i've got her facebook oh have you mm. are you but careful it, with it or I'm quite careful with it yeah how many friends do you have um not as many as lots of my other friends on facebook yeah. but i don't use it that often to be honest i started it set it up got excited about it and then i don't really have that much for reason to use it it's a little bit like cb radio and cb Ra- i should imagine most both of the uh, the people working on the program today probably had cb radio at some point no, James never had... C- I bet Gary did. You're not telling me you never had CB radio? Never. Good Lord, I thought everybody did. I, I did. I did. Yeah, I had yeah. CB radio. Went You'd along sit the frequencies. There. Hello, anybody yeah. there? Hello, hello. Break hello. a break for a copy. Nobody replied. Hello, hello. And you'd sit there. And you could hear the local minicab firm sometimes. Yes. <laughs> I once heard the local police. Did you? Mm. I used to have a little... Um, a, one which had a, a mag mount on the roof of my mini. Oh, really? At the time, which was quite nice. And then I had a, a portable one. You'd sit in your bedroom trying to see if there was anybody out there, but it was so weak, you never picked yeah. anything up at all. I don't know why everybody ever did that, because everybody had different handles. You didn't have a name. You had a handle. So I'm certainly not telling anybody what mine is today. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> what else we got? Ramsey, Gordon Ramsey, oh. Marco Pierre White, accusing each other of swearing too much. Bad well, language and human ego were destroying the reputation of talented chefs who work outside the spotlight. I don't mind that. No. I think if you work in a kitchen, you would swear, because it's got to be right. I watched the other day, they went down to Cornwall on James Martin's programme, and it was uh, the chef down there. And it must be quite difficult if you're working in a small area about the size of this studio here. And if you go onto YouTube, you can have a look at this uh, studio. Because it's on there so far, 19,000 people have had a quick look at what we look like in the studio, which is very nice indeed. But, and people get on top of each other and people swear they have, you know, it, it would be quite easy to do it. You must have had times where you're trying to get a programme together and it's just not happening and you just get frustrated. Yeah, no, it's true. It's and true. You go, oh, bother. There is a taste and decency thing on television, though, isn't there? It's, quite, it's sort of a bit tricky. You do feel sometimes that TV chefs do swear for the sake of it. 
Yeah, but, just, but I remember Princess Margaret was known as a big swearer. Yeah. She used to swear all the time. In fact, she used to use language that most people go, goodness sake. But it's OK if it's somebody terribly posh. And remember, we had the <laughs> effing Fulfords on the television. That family who lived in the big house, and they made a documentary on them, and they all swore. Swore the whole time, didn't they? They swore the whole time. Yeah. I mean, I never swore in front of my parents. No. No, I didn't really swear in front of my parents. Ever. Graham. I think I used the B word. An old-fashioned entertainers never swore. Never no. used to swear, really. I no. mean, you know, if you t- a wonderful sort of comedian. You're someone like, like Ronnie Corbett, Ronnie Corbett. I'm going to talk about <laughs> Ronnie Corbett. Well, he is such a wonderful entertainer and comedian. It's only because he did a documentary on Ronnie Corbett. That's why he started so Ronnie Corbett. <laughs> <laughs> Which I remember seeing, but I think I saw the repeat. But people like him, when they were in the public eye, were on, are on parade. Yes. And they're in their best clothes and on their best behaviour and entertaining the public. And they're not swearing. But I suppose chefs are real people, really, aren't they? So they, they're sort yeah, of... Yeah, but I think entertainers are real people in the same way that I always think that if, if nightclubs had a dress code policy, that you do not come in with jeans. It's no good just saying trainers, because people just put a pair... You know, I don't want to see anybody walking into a nightclub with a pair of jeans. Go up north, when I've been up north on the odd occasion, and you go to a nightclub and everybody dresses up. So you don't get many fights, because nobody wants to mess their best suit up. And the girls aren't really wearing much at all. The girls are... Well, not in Blackpool, and I won't wearing anything at all. But I'm I mean, in Newcastle on a Friday or Saturday. Same as well. Yeah, freezing cold, yeah. but wearing nothing. Well, I know, but it's but but you should dress up to go out for a night out. Yeah. And that way, you'd be less inclined to ruin, you know, your 200, 300-pound suit. Not that I've got a two or 300-pound suit. <laughs> two or 3,000-pound suit, maybe. Do you know there are 35 people caged in this country, murderers, who will never, ever be released... And under the Freedom of Information Act, the Sunday Mirror have named the people here. You've never heard of any of them. Absolutely none of them at all. I've been through this list and I've never heard of any of them. But they, apart from Jeremy Bamber, Dennis Nielsen, uh, but the rest of them, you look at only oh, Ian Brady, of course, who's probably going to die in prison. But they're, they're in there, the full list of killers for the very first time. They will never, ever be released from, from prison. Chilling, all, isn't it? it is quite frightening that there are some people... And now, I mean, you see kids knifed all the time, don't you? You open up the papers, they go, oh, somebody else was knifed. You know, you read about a Harry Potter actor and the person smiled as he knifed him and you think, we're obviously in the wrong world here. Listen, we have to take a very quick break. More from Jonathan after this. Check on the state of the roads. Sheldrake. Thanks a lot, Steve. If you're heading towards the Channel Tunnel, don't. Uh, you've got long, long... Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to uh, 10. Access became MasterCard, says Keith. So uh, that's why access disappeared. I just remember, it was access, your flexible friend. And and nowadays, we're we're asking earlier on how many different credit cards people have got. And uh, I'm quite good because I do use cash. I would rather go to a machine, take cash out and spend that. Although, strange enough, when I go and buy any clothes or things like that, I do tend to put it on on a debit card. Yeah, I I, would as well. You know, because if if you're spending £100, then I would prefer to put that... I don't know why. I've always had this thing that if you carry money in your, in your pocket, somebody might pull along the side of the road and go, listen, I've got a brand new Bentley Anage here, and if you've got £200 on, you can have it. It's also really annoying to try and find a cash point when you, know, when you really need one. Yeah, and I'd never use a cash point in a garage. No. Because for some reason I just don't, don't trust anybody around garages. No. And, and I wouldn't use a cash point late at night. So in garages, do they have those, when, they, when your cards are cloned, um, do they, they have, have an two extra... Machines. Two machines. Yes. They take the cards, they pretend to swipe it in one, actually yes. they swipe it in the other one as well. Yes. So all, all, all they want is the information on the card. They're not interested in the name. No. They just want the information that's contained on it. So it goes onto a little machine. I watched mine being done, but never realised. Because when I put it in the thing, it was, in fact, in those days, when my, mine was done, you handed the card over, and they swiped it, and then you signed the form. Before, you would put it on a machine, and they'd run the thing over it, and you'd sign the, the counterfoils. You walked out with something. Now it's electronic. But he did it twice. And I remember thinking, twice. Never, never crossed my mind. And they hung onto it for a month, 
and then they put my information onto a different card with a different name so that somebody could sign it, because it's only the information on there they want, on how much credit you've got, and it was uh, an Amex. And they did nine, nine grand in a month. Did they? Yeah. And did you get it back? Did Amex? I pay? did, but it was blooming slow. Yeah. In the end, I told Amex to take the card back and shove it, because every time you phone up, and th- I would order stuff, and they'd go, I'm sorry, your card's been declined. And I would phone Amex and say, my card's been, why has my card been declined? Well, because you haven't paid your last bill. I said, but this is with your fraud department. It's quite clearly not me, is it? Well, I'm sorry. We can- and they, they refused to allow any credit on it until it, or it was all cleared up bit by bit. Mm. So in the end, I told them I wasn't interested in having their card ever again. Fair enough. You should, always, you should always keep sight of your card, shouldn't you? Like in restaurants, you shouldn't give it away so it's taken away to the counter to put yes. through the machine. They should always bring the machine to Always you. bring the machine to the table. Don't ever... In fact, they actually did it in, in a shop a short while ago where the guy went to take my card and went, no, I don't think so. Mm. <laughs> you know, I don't care who you are. You, you, you put the machine on the, on the top, I'll put it in there and do the numbers shield your pin i do actually yes i mean i do stand there and try and go, go, go. i've tried to remember in which order the, the numbers go so you can sort of touch type your pen yeah if you ask me what my number is now i've got no idea what number it is but when i go to the machine i know in which order they are but i can't remember the number well you won't be very good under torture well i'm then. useless under torture they're, 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 I say, listen i'll have to go to the bank machine and i can take the money out for you but i, I can't tell you what the number is <laughs> Stupid I am. Anyway, 84850, steve at um, lot Everybody told me about access becoming MasterCard. Um, Steve, uh, I went ice skating the other day. Everybody's talking about ice skating at the moment. And said uh, we had a, a lovely, lovely, lovely time. How come these 13 and 15-year-olds aren't in jail and their parents too? Let them keep their offspring, give them a benefit, make them an overnight celebrity. They're having a laugh, says Tim. Well, they are now overnight celebrities. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me. If, uh, if half this family didn't turn up on television programmes. I tell you, if, if this morning, with Fern and Philip, could get that kid in the studio, they'd, they'd send a thing, and they would, they'd do interviews with him. And then you'd perhaps realise that he is just a little child. A little, little child. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Who gets the two boys, says Jenny? The guy or the dad she's marrying? There's no pressing issue there as well. Their father, of course. Yeah. Their father, automatically. He's their, he's their biological father. Certainly wouldn't go to the guy she's marrying. If, if indeed they even get that far. That's what they're saying today in the papers. This is Jade, uh, Jade Goody as well. What else we got? Well, can, can you ice skate, Steve? Are you ice, no. ice skating? Did you ever go to Richmond Ice Rink when it was No, I never. But the time I'd actually got round to wanting to ice skate, they'd pulled the thing down and stuck up flats. Those posh flats. Yeah. Those posh flats, which are quite nice. I did think if I, if I won the lottery over this weekend, I might buy one. no. Very nice river view. I think Andy Peters lives in there. Oh, does he? I think so, yeah. I've seen him walking over the bridge a few times. I'm assuming he must live around that uh, area. Richard E. Grant lives around there as well. Some quite posh places. Quite posh places. Very posh places. Negative equity blight returns to property market today, Sunday Express. It's what we need, isn't it? It's just what we need. Negative equity. Negative equity. (laughs) So many people have... One in eight buyers have apparently borrowed more than 90% of their property's value. Because we were encouraged to. Yeah. Well, people, I say we, not me, but uh, people were, were told, borrow as much as you can. And then all of a sudden, the, the, the bottom falls out of the market. I know. Do you have equity in your property? I've got, hopefully, enough equity in yeah. my property. For when you say enough equity, enough to ride it out. Enough to ride it out, I think. Although right. the really annoying thing is that I'm stuck on a fixed rate mortgage. Oh, for how yeah, long? For another, another two or three years. Oh, my God. It seemed like a good idea. I thought interest rates might be going up. So no, I fixed and they've then now dropped. They've dropped dramatically. Mind you, swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Well, it is. Swings and roundabouts. Viv says, uh, Steve, where do they train London's bus drivers now? Uh, only seem to have two speeds, breakneck and stop. 
I went to the Transport Museum yesterday, nearly got thrown down the bus stairs several times. Most of the ones we used to be seemed to be oblivious to the fact they had passengers. Actually, London Transport Museum is a fantastic place in Covent Garden. It's got all the old trains in there. And, you know, strangely enough, the tube trains smell exactly the same as they did when you remember getting on there when they had wooden floors. And it makes the same... It was just fantastic. You never opened a window on a tube train because you used to get all these bits flying in your face. Steve, read the 13-year-old father. I know it probably won't happen, but uh, would it not be a good idea if the press made it a condition of payment to these people that they all had DNA tests? Yeah, I think that seems fair enough. They won't do it, though. The papers are more than happy to uh, just sort of hand money over, I think. Uh, Another one here. uh, Saying exactly the same thing, actually. Uh, have you looked for the Hall's postcode, says June, on the Royal Mail's postcode finder? Thank you. I will, I will find that, actually. And Rob says, had a wonderful Valentine's Day. It was my birthday. Visited the Imperial War Museum and had a meal at a good restaurant, then home. Thanks to my beautiful wife, Shirley. That's good news, isn't it? Did you buy roses? Did you do roses yesterday, Jonathan? I didn't do roses. Chocolates? No. Chocolates. Oh, chocolates. That's chocolates, okay. Yeah. Just the last thing people want, isn't it? Chocolates on Valentine's Day. So how many Valentine's cards did you Three. get, Steve? Three. Three. How many did you get? Uh, one. One. No, two. One for my daughter. One from your daughter as well. Yeah. But it's not really from your daughter, is it? She scribbled on she it. She scribbled on it. She yeah. just hasn't any idea at all what a Valentine's card is. Oh, no, she does. Does she know what it is? Yes, yeah, she knows what Do it is. Do you know what Valentine's Day is? Because I didn't know what Valentine's Day was. Well, I don't think she really knows what Valentine's Day is, but she knew that the card was for me. Right. And she was writing all over it. Right. Very, very so strange. she just sort of scribbled, did she? She did. She for scribbled. Daddy. Yeah, and then she wrote <laughs> to her godparents. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. At my garage, I put my card on the machine, enter the number and the garage man doesn't touch it. Uh, it's like that everywhere these days, says Joe. Well, sadly not, I'm afraid, Joe. If only it was. If only it was. But in uh, a recent uh, police uh, memorandum, which we released on the programme exclusively a short while ago, uh, more cards are cloned in garages. So, unfortunately, wrong on that one. So, what we're hoping now is that Jade Goody's going to make about five million quid out of this. Uh, what we're hoping is that perhaps she might better set up a cancer charity, mm. because she said she would like to do something like that. I have a feeling that that won't happen. I don't know why. I think... I, I agree with you. I think the cancer's going to take a hold quite quickly. I think it will, and she won't be able to do that much more. Yeah. I, I, th- I don't think she'll come out of the hospital. Do you think she'll die on television? Well, she said in the papers, she said, I've lived my life in front of the cameras, I'll probably die in front of the cameras. Mm. So... I don't think it would make any difference. We've seen we've seen other things like that happening. I think it's up to Max Clifford as to what they as the, as, as to the way he actually sees it going. The funeral pictures could be sold, there, couldn't they? Oh, absolutely. I mean, oh, I, big, I should imagine splash. they have already mapped Jade out at OK Magazine. Yeah, they'll have the boys there, and they'll have people. And you think, no, you never knew her properly. Lots of celebrities at the funeral. There will. Well, it'll be it'll be an OK thing. Every time OK yeah. uh, do a wedding or a or whatever it happens, I don't think we've had a funeral. Always oh, yes, we have. We did have a funeral. We had Mandy. What's her name? Who was also handled by Max Clifford, the woman who had eight children who all died, the little babies. Oh yes, uh, Mandy Allwood, I think, and she was front page, and that was that was a photo opportunity. I think the same for this one. I would think exactly yeah. the same. <clears throat> but I think everybody agrees that they should actually go to the to the father. That would make far more sense. It would far more sense. There's a story. Another here. quickie. Oh, it's got to be a quickie actually. Oh. Uh, Andy Warhol's iconic image of Marilyn Monroe has been recreated by Banksy in the iconic form of Kate Moss, and they're going to be mm-hmm. um, sold at auction. I can't help thinking that the whole Banksy thing's a bit over, really. I don't think. Do you? I just think that that graffiti art um, is quite gonna liked be... it. In, in our last I quite studios, like it. it's funny. I think there was a piece of Banksy very near where we were in our last studios, but I'm, I'm convinced it, it was Banksy. 
And if I'd had a chisel, I'd have taken it off the blooming wall. Because well, people have been doing that all over the place yeah, for years. But, but, but I, I, I did check in his book, and I couldn't find this particular piece of art because he apparently documents all of it. Yes. So he knows where it is and what he's done. And this one I looked at, I thought, I wonder if that is Banksy or not. And it's quite clever, though. Oh, very clever and very funny. Yeah. Good stuff. But uh, would you pay that much money? Answer... No. Margie says, I understand that Wayne and Colleen are going to renew their wedding vows. Do they really need more publicity or money? Probably. Oh, and the interesting thing was, I read a, an interesting article the other day with uh, Melinda Messenger, who was saying that the Strictly Dancing on Ice programme has brought her closer to her husband. And I kept thinking, being cynical, you don't think they just split up so they could try and revitalise a career that died a few months ago, and then they just pretend to get back together again. And I thought, no, you're being far too cynical. It's terrible. Jonathan, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. It's Jonathan Levi. I'm Steve Allen. Darren's with us, answering all your questions after the news. Morning, everybody. It's Sunday morning. Our thanks to uh, Jonathan Levi. Actually, just as we say that, the sun comes out a little bit. Let's go back in again. Oh, there you go. That was a bit fast, wasn't it? I'm hoping today's going to be nice. I'm driving down to Essex. Everybody keeps writing in saying, you'll love Essex. It's fantastic. I, I, I am from that area. You know, I, I do know Essex quite well. I'm a big fan of Essex, Chelmsford and places like that. Darren's back with us in the studio again. You're not from Essex. Good morning. I certainly am. No, you're not. Bromley. That's not in Essex. Well, it's Kent. It's as close as. <laughs> good as. What? <laughs> well, it's quite <laughs> close. No, it's not. Well, I think it is. Oh, my Lord. I think you better go back to school. Well, all my family around Romford. The Royal Geographical Society has just torn up your applications. Romford in Essex? Yes, Hello? but you were born in Bromley in Kent. Yes, but we moved. We lived in Brentwood. Yeah, you in also lived in Hong Kong. Esse- That's not near. Hong Kong, Essex. <laughs> Well, most of the expats oh, out there are from Hong Kong. Anyway, yeah. we've got a lot to get through this morning. Right, before we do that, though, the new phone's come out. Uh, some people, I'm going to stretch over and pass this to Steve. There you are. And I'm not going to stretch out <laughs> and take it, so... Uh, it's been billed as an iPod killer. It's the new Nokia F800 Express oh, quite, Music. I like the bit that lights up at the bottom. Yes. It's a little bit like an it's iPod, tummy, isn't it? by the way. I'm sorry about that. It is a little bit like an iPod. Yes, now, see if you can get your way through the uh, phone without touching it. Without touching without, it? Sorry, without the instructions. No, no, touch it. Touch oh, right, it, OK. Uh, gallery. Without the instructions. Yeah. It's got a 3.2-inch screen, 640 by 360 pixels, oh, 16 nice. million colours, 8 gigabyte memory. The so colours are very lo- good. They are very good. Lots very and good. lots and lots of music. Turn yeah. it sideways. Yeah, and... Yeah. It does exactly what the uh, iPhone yeah, does. Yeah, it's exactly it the same. Re- Only the, the difference is the iPhone, you watch it turning. This do. one, it just... doesn't do the animation. It doesn't do the animation. No, it it just turns. Also, it doesn't pinch... Uh, you know when you pinched, when you're looking on a web page and you pinched it open? It did. Sorry. <laughs> and you want to stretch open a page, you yeah. can't do that either. And if you look on the bottom right-hand side, yeah. it's also got a little stencil you need to use. Right. Can you see on the bottom underneath? You can pull it out. Little pen, stylus. No. No. <laughs> this is why they print instructions for people. <laughs> I, I, I like the colours on it. I think the colours are yeah. nice. And I think it's... Uh... Also, it vibrates every time you touch... Uh, a, a character to confirm that you've touched it. Yeah. But to me, it feels like it's something loose inside the phone, but you can change the... Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do like it, actually. I do like it. It's a nice I think, phone. Yes. I think it makes a very good... If you've got an iPhone, it makes a very good second yes, iPhone. The I... good thing about it, though, is it, it, it links straight to the Express Music Store, so if there's a track you want to download right. music-wise, uh, you just click on the button at the top. Can you see where it says Express Music? Yes, yes. Click on that, and it'll take you straight to the music right. store. I do like it actually. I think it's, I think the colours are really nice on it. Um, it's but there a, you go. You're talking to you're listening to a man here who got excited by polyphonic ringtones. Yes, mm. indeed. Strange, isn't it? But I, I, I do like the colours, and that's good compared to the uh, the iPod. I think it's the touch, iPhone the still iTouch. wins. You get. You, you, I think you're missing things like the um, pinching mm. to make things bigger. Yeah, 
And, nice. Uh, nice. Available at Carphone Warehouse from free. It's from free. From free? From free. If I wanted to buy it, if I wanted I to buy it 200 off... 200 quid off contract. Is it? Yeah. Right. Does and I've just realised, of course, it's useless to me, isn't it? Because presumably, whatever thing I've got inside the iPhone is not going to match that, yeah, it is can. it? Yeah, Really? Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, well, right. why do you want to get rid of your iPhone? Well, I, I wouldn't. I'm just thinking quite nice to have two phones <laughs> to play around with. <laughs> well, no, but you'd have a separate number. You can't have the same number on two phones. Right, uh, OK. Well, so uh, so you'd so the, have a secret number. Is, is the number on the phone or on the SIM card? On the SIM card. Right, so if I took the SIM card out, I put it into there, then that becomes... Your phone. My yeah. phone with yeah. the same number. OK, Indeed, right. Yeah. I quite like it, you're selling your iPhone. I'll buy it off you. 20 quid. 20 pound? Yeah. Or 15. God, bargain. 15. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. Right, listen, we've got a lot to get through. A lot to get through. Actually, before we do that, did you see the Darwin programme with David Asmara last week? I didn't, actually, no. Well, there's a moment in it where David Asmara stands in front of this interactive tree of life, which is on one of the best parts of the programme, how you can see everything starts from nothing and the tree of life continues through bacteria to snails to jellyfish to humans to apes. Now, they've put it online and you can download it onto your own computer and play with the tree of life yourself to see how everything's linked and it's worth going to the website i spent hours on it last I night somebody saying the other day on lbc and i mentioned it the other day that somebody was saying that darwin uh, turned to christianity at the end of his life no he didn't no, he didn't at no, all that's one of the he? big uh, myths of the uh, 20th century yes somebody's put it up around. on the internet and yeah, of course not. people believe it's no, not he was a christian when he, he he trained when he was young to be a vicar mm. and then he was given the chance to sail around the world on the beagle and the more he discovered about life the less and less he believed mm. that there was God creating all of this thing, so he became agnostic. Yeah. Um, and on his deathbed, there was no mention of God. Although he had a state funeral. He did have a state funeral, but not through his... He didn't want a state funeral. No. He wanted to be buried with his family in Down in Kent. Right. But the state decided to bury him in Westminster Abbey, and we've seen his gravestone. Yes, there. yeah. So. Actually, I've got a set of sa- uh, stamps sent in by Lynn Scott. They're beautiful. Which are the, the bird ones. Oh, right. Well, the, the Darwin stamps I've got the Darwin stunned. stamps yeah, they're as absolutely well. stunning. But if you want to download the interactive version of David Attenborough's Tree of Life, mm. you just go to www.welcome, with two L's, right. treeoflife.org welcome treeoflife.org you can either do it on the website or download it to your computer it works on a mac and a pc mm-hmm. it'll keep you entertained all day long okay 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk somebody says ah oh, you only got three cards i had to shovel my way out of the back out of the front door after the postman had been yeah right <laughs> stop telling you can stick on the darwin uh, theme if you like because yeah. from yesterday for one week only down at london zoo you can meet charles darwin They've, they've brought him back. They've brought him back. He's doing tours of the zoo every yeah. day, I think three or four times a day, mm-hmm. because Charles Darwin was a member of council at the Zoological Society of London oh. and corresponded quite a lot with the zoo. So you can go down and meet Charles Darwin and have a tour with Charles Darwin around London Zoo every day from today until the end of next week. OK. 84850, steve at We're going to get through as many of your questions as possible. So let's start uh, whizzing through them. Uh, I'm just getting a new laptop. What's the best way to transfer iTunes library into I need, do I need anything else, i.e. notify iTunes, says Richard? There's lots of things, or lots of ways to do it. You can either, if you've got, depends how much music you've got. If you can fit it all onto a DVD, you can burn it all onto a DVD and then put the DVD in your new laptop. How many does a DVD hold? Well, it's about eight, uh, four to six gigabytes, isn't it? That'd be a few hundred tracks, wouldn't it? A few thousand. A few thousand, yeah, would it? Yeah. I've got 4,000 tracks. It may take a couple of discs. The one thing you've got to remember to do, and a lot of people forget to do this, before they get rid of their computer, go into iTunes and deauthorize that computer. 
Because when you buy music from iTunes, it's authorised to work with that computer and four right. others. Now, if you then have an I- three laptops and so on and so forth, you start running out of options. So before you get rid of the computer, once you transfer the music, deauthorise your computer. OK. Uh, I'm looking at buying an iMac, but I don't know whether to wait for updates in 2009. There are updates due. There is much gossip on the web about mm. what they're trying to fit into the new iMac. Um, I would say so within the next wait? three months. Yeah. OK. Uh, 84850, steve at Actually, just changed the subject completely. Uh, Alan went to the Palace Theatre in Watford last night to see Stones in His Pockets, oh, yes. which we're very familiar with. This yeah. is two actors playing 15 characters. Mm. It's, uh, it's touring at the moment. Uh, stonesinhispockets.co.uk for dates. OK, check that very quickly. Uh, another one here. Uh, can you please let me know why I can watch YouTube, etc., on Internet Explorer, but I can't download the plugins to enable me to do this on... Is it Mozilla Firefox? Yes. It could be various issues. The one we think it probably is, is you need to go to... Type in Flash Player in Google. Mm-hmm. That will take you to Adobe's website. And install Flash directly from their website rather than the plugin. See if that helps. Right. And uh, if it doesn't, you're going to have to email either Mozilla or have a look on their bulletin boards or Flash, Adobe Flash Player. Okay. But try that first. Go to adobe.com, install Flash Player, and right. see if that helps. Okay. Uh, morning, Steve. Why is it when you select normalise volume on my iPod, some of the tracks still come out louder than others? Good question. It is a good question, isn't it? It's but that's a... exactly the same. It, it depends who's actually put them on, because I suppose some people yeah, used to well, say at one well, time different adverts on LBC used to sound at different yeah, volumes. Yeah, there's no, there's no perfect way of normalising music. No. Um, it does its best it can, and we were just talking before the programme about this, about how sometimes it normalises it and it still sounds very loud and then very soft. Mm. It's a very difficult one to sort out. I've got a friend of mine for whom an iPod is never loud enough. So never loud enough. Deaf. Well, no, it's not that, but some tracks do come in quite softly. Softly, yes. Very softly. Yeah. Uh, you can I'm, when you rip it. I think there's an option in iTunes when you rip the CD to yeah. up the volume. Right. I'm doing that as well. I, I, I have tried various things, but sometimes you sit there and you think, I've got maximum volume up and I really can't hear yeah. it. But you're right, because I did put the application uh, I wanted to the other day, but I've got to do it through my computer for finding out just how deaf you are nowadays. Oh, really? And oh, it's on... Dear. You can get it from uh, the Apple store. Oh, really? And it's high-pitched noises. You know people used to say that there's a whistle here that only dogs can hear? Yeah. And you'd go, yeah, well, it's nothing you're, you're doing. This well, is... they have an application, and it's six different levels to work out how old somebody is. Right. And I've, I've been in a place where a younger person's gone, oh, I can really hear that. Mm. You go, no, you can't. There's and a, they can. There's a little device to put on parks and council estates that only children can hear. That's to right. To make sure that they don't mess around. Yeah. It's so noisy, they have to move on. Didn't Don't you remember a... when you were a child, you could hear the television whining? Yes. Well, that still happens, you just can't hear it. That means you're going deaf. Did they not have a store? Was there not a store in London where they had a subliminal message coming out? Do not shoplift. Do not. And apparently only shoplifters could hear it or something. I don't know, whatever it was. And it, it was to, it was to <laughs> remind people not to shoplift. Waste of time, isn't it, as far as I'm concerned? Anyway, we'll take a short break for the travel. Back with more of your questions in a moment. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Morning, everybody. It's 18 minutes past 10. We're trying to get through as many questions, your techie questions. Amazing how many we have on 84850stevedlbc.co.uk uh, as possible. So I'm, I'm going to have to plough on with this because I've got tons coming in at the moment. Uh, from Anne, who says, The only protection I have on my Windows XP is the free edition of AVG8. Should I have something like Adware or Malware? If so, which free downloads would you recommend? I understand there are several limitations. Uh... There's a couple I use, well, I used to use on my old PC, Adaware, which you can get from download.com and Spybot. 
Which oh, spy, I've got spy bots. You have, yeah. Which you yeah. Get, and I find that they look after most of your problems. Right. So make sure that you have at least one antivirus solution. ABG is one of the many. Add aware, A-D-A-W-A-R-E, which you can get from download.com, and SpyBot, SpyBot. Okay. Make sure you keep them up to date and scan regularly. All right. Uh, another one here. I don't know if you know this one. I can no longer get wireless broadband connection on my laptop. ISP suggests firewall block. How do I unblock? Well, did they used to have it and it suddenly stopped? Yes, yes. Um... So in other words, they're actually firewalled up and the firewall well, has blocked them. Depends. They might have two firewalls. The one problem people don't realise is that your router will have a firewall in it. Yeah. And they also have a firewall on their laptop. Turn the firewall on your laptop off, see what happens. Mm. Okay. And then ring your ISP back if you still have a problem. Would you like to tell Darren Steve that Gantz Hill is in Essex? You'd love the newly yeah, restored wasn't born Valentine's in Mansion. Hill. I he said, said he came from Essex. family came from Essex. Uh, what did they do? Travel to Kent? They they were, they were travelling, our family. Well, we had to. Oh, you were travellers. Avoid the tally man. Uh, they've restored Valentine's Mansion and Grounds. It's terrific. Officially opened yesterday. Google it for the website, says Ray. Thank Fabulous. you. Thank you. Nothing wrong with Essex. No, that, my favourite place. To Essex coming on quite soon. Yes. In about an hour and a half. Ilford I know very, very well indeed, because my grandmother lived in Ilford. We used to go... Sh- Why are you laughing? Do you live in Ilford? You come from Ilford. Oh, I know. I used to go on the little train around the park in Ilford. When I was... <laughs> it's pre-car times. Yes, I mean, admittedly, there weren't train. many cars. Listen, well, people didn't have cars. You look at pictures from 50 years ago on the roads, and you look at side streets, there were no cars. You know, we were lucky we, we had a car in our No family. aerials, either. No well, aerials, no, no nothing. No. People just get out there and... Coal man, pictures of the coal man going up the street. The coal man, Rag absolutely. And man. Yep. Do you remember the corona man? I certainly... And the hokey pokey man. <laughs> Do you know, my eyes used to light up when the hokey pokey man used to come around our street. You'd go, hokey pokey, hokey pokey. <laughs> anyway, another one here. This is, uh, morning, Steve. Lovely show as usual. Thank you, Homera. Uh, question for Darren. Uh, I'm having problems with BT wireless broadband. Last three months, after three years working fine, router replaced twice, paid for an engineer to visit, now told power line adapter and US something, power network instead. Please help. Power line adapter is actually quite good. What you do is you plug in your router to a power line adapter. You plug the yes. plug of the power line into your mains. And that sends the internet around the mains ring in your house. So when you plug the other adapter that you buy into a main socket anywhere else in the house, you can plug your computer in to the internet directly. It's right. great for, like, if you have a PlayStation 3 or an Xbox right. and you want to get a consistent sig- signal. A lot of people use power line adapters. They're made by Netgear, Belkin. They all do them. Go to Netgear's website, netgear.co.uk. Right. Have a look at power line adapters. Very easy to set up. But a surprise that BT haven't helped you. Yeah. Especially as they've charged you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And paid for the engineer exactly. to visit. Exactly. Even worse. And didn't solve Mind the you, problem. <laughs> I had on my computer, I had a, 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 a Dell... Uh, Adele, as opposed to Adele, which is a girl's name, and I haven't got an Adele, because uh, my name's Steve. And uh, so I've got Adele, and he came round, and the, the slide-in bit where you put your, your discs in the side yeah. wasn't functioning properly, yeah. wasn't able to read discs. I had to show him how to take it out, <laughs> me, only because I had a little tiny screwdriver, and I said, I think you unscrewed this bit here, and he went, oh, right. So we, we well, took it out. But you, that was when you first bought it, so yeah. you've probably not seen that model before. Because it was fairly... fairly it was very new. Yeah. You know what you're like with your new computers. Absolutely. I can't connect to the internet on my old laptop. Humera, I hope that helps for you, incidentally. I get spool.exe error at startup. Server not found. Virgin Media help desk, so I have firewall on, but it appears to be off. That is a registry issue, and it's far too complicated to go into now. Oh, is it? Because oh. you're going to have to edit your registry. 
If you've got a that friend's mean? computer that does... to somebody who's got no idea what edit well, your registry means. A registry is what makes your computer work, basically. Mm. When you turn it on, it will do certain things because it tells it to do it in the registry. And there'll be corruption or something wrong with the registry, so you're going to have to get somebody who knows what they're doing All right. to help you with that one. Go to Google, type in spool.exe, and there'll be so many web pages explaining right. it, but it's quite dodgy when you start editing your registry. Oh, your computer may never work again. So get someone. Oh, That's why I'm not going to advise them on how to oh, do right, it. Oh right, just in case. <laughs> yes, nothing like edging. Uh, yeah, edging our bets. Francesca says my home PC can connect to my wireless broadband. What fine. is wireless today? Why has everyone got wireless problems? Don't know. But yeah. my BF can't connect his laptop laptop yeah. to the wireless and has to use network cable. Any ideas? Could be because your boyfriend has typed the wrong encryption code. Presumably providing you've got an encrypted network, which I hope you have, because we talked about this last week. Yeah. If you have a wireless network at home, make sure it's encrypted. If you type one letter wrong, you'll never be able to get connected. So go to your router, find out what the code is, and make sure you give it to him. Right. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, Samantha says, I'm moving to Brighton soon. want to keep listening to LBC, quite clearly. We can't have Sky in the flat we're moving to. Is LBC on Freeview? No, it's not. But you can listen on the internet. Yes. So you've got your computer. Or you can buy one of those snazzy little um, DAB that also has wireless internet. And you can listen to LBC anywhere in the country on wireless internet. They're made by Roberts and right. Pure. They okay. both make them. They're both very good. All you do is scan for LBC, type in LBC, and up it will come. Okay. Uh, from Edward. I've been advised not to turn off my external hard drives every time I shut down my computers, as I'm told that starting and stopping them can shorten their lives or cause malfunctions. Is it true, as I use the disconnect icon on... Yes. ...on the bottom, but hello, what was that? <laughs> that was the new snazzy Nokia phone we were oh, talking right. about, yes. So, is it true, as I use the disconnect icon on the bottom bar? I was always told you're not supposed to turn off. There is one presenter in this building who turns off the box... Without Underneath down. the desk. He, well, he, he doesn't shut down, he just turns the box off. Yeah, no, you're not supposed to do that. Drives me mad. Um, there is a school of thought that turning hard drives on and off all the time does shorten their life, because they're spinning discs, basically. They spin around at a huge speed. Yeah. And every time you turn them off, it runs down and it's got to start up again. But the more recent ones, I don't think, suffer from quite the same problems. But, obviously, if you leave them on all the time, it's going to cost you more electricity. Absolutely. Swings around about. And the thing with hard drives, it's not a matter of if they break down, it's when they break down. They will always break down at some point. Could be a week, that. could be ten years. I don't, yeah, it's all right. Uh, Gary says, I bought a uh, PS3 yesterday. I want to know the best way to stream music and video from the iMac. Any ideas? Yes, you have to buy a little piece of software made by Null River, N-U-L-L River. Mm -hmm. It's called Media Link. It costs about 12 quid. Install it to your Mac, run it. takes about two minutes to download and install. And then when you go back onto your PlayStation 3, search for Media Service and you'll be able to play almost all your music and almost all your videos okay hello steve daran please can you help <laughs> i would like an ipod just for podcasting is the ipod shuffle a goodbye for podcasting lbc programs or should i buy the nano well you, the shuffle will play the podcast but you won't be able to see which one because the shuffle doesn't you can't see them it doesn't say so i'll just have a listen to steve allen and then and that pops james mags <laughs> You know, because you've downloaded it and you can't, you know, I mean, what can I tell you? <laughs> so, so what you need, I, I, I would, would go for I would the, go nano, the Nano. Because then you can select which podcast you yeah. want to listen to. And then you can say, I'll listen to, to Steve now, I'll listen to James a bit later. Yes, exactly. You know, then I'll listen to Jenny and some of her interesting discussions. And then I'll listen to, to Petri and people like that. Okay. 
84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, here's, here's a complicated one, OK? So I'm going to try, oh. try and get this in. My sister, says Adam, has downloaded the Plus extension for Windows Live Messenger and agreed to install the sponsor along with it. Since then, she's now been getting pop-up ads and all their names are prefixed CID. Well, that was a stupid thing to do, wasn't I've it? I've tried various <laughs> spyware and virus scans and deleted programmes to do with Windows Live Messenger, but the pop-ups still keep oh, coming no. up. Can you help? Well... If you've uninstalled it and they're still popping up, then you've got serious trouble. I would try downloading AdAware as well, which we've mentioned. Okay. And Spybot. Run those. If you've still got the problems, you're going to have to search on the manufacturer's website. Excuse me. And um, somewhere hidden there, no doubt, will be a way of getting rid of it. But when you, if you download these Messenger Plus things, and the same with those little smiley things and desktop screensavers and illegal music, yeah. Once you download it to your computer, you're opening yourself up to all sorts of problems. Yeah. So be careful. I need my mind checking to have it scanned to make sure I've got no sort of strange things on there. You were having problems with pop-ups, weren't you? I did get pop-ups, mm. actually. Yeah. Haven't had them for ages, though. <laughs> Since I've discovered that seven inches of wood is now a tree, according to what Jonathan was telling us earlier on. It's got nothing to do with it, I know. I just thought I'd weave that into the programme. Darren, thank you very much indeed. Pleasure. <laughs> Sometimes at the end of this programme, you wander off with the pixies, it's don't you? It's a real little world of Steve it, It's Alan. a strange world of Steve He thinks he was Alan. born in Essex. <laughs> oh, look, that's the time. It's very nearly time for the news. 28 minutes to uh, 11, Sunday morning, LBC 97.3. Uh, more of your texts and emails we'll whisper in a minute. Darren's gone. He has lafed the building, so there is no chance, I'm afraid, of any more. So you have to get in quick next week, because we got through, I think we've probably got through about uh, 30 questions today. And uh, we'll have some more of your texts and emails in a moment. 84850 uk. After the news at 11 this morning, Andrew Pierce is with you. Good morning. Morning. Now, why was that man brandishing a large reptilian-style stegosaurus? Uh, it's the Darwin theory. Ah. Was that a stegosaurus? Well, it might have been a stegosaurus. I'm not sure. Yes, yes. Right. I got that right. Yes. There that... are so many dinosaurs, but then, of course, it, it, it poo-pooed the Darwin theory, the idea of the Bible, didn't it? That yes. That created everything, because all this was around long before yeah. that. Because we're all Darwin crazy at the moment, aren't we? Apparently so, because it was his birthday the other yes. day. There was a set of stamps that came out. Yes. Uh, there's an exit. Although I'm more intrigued, I mean, even though I'm fascinated by Darwin, I'm more intrigued by the love letter in the British Library from Henry VIII to Anne Boleyn. Oh, isn't that lovely? Saying that she's the most wonderful, and you think, but you're going to have her head cut yes. off, you nasty fat man. And he had sex with her sister. Yes. The other, the other Boleyn. Yes. Eight wives. Six wives? Six Eight. wives. Six wives. Divorce, of Henry VIII. Be- divorce beheaded, died. Divorce beheaded, survived. That's how I learned them at school. Divorced, beheaded, died. died. Divorced, beheaded, beheaded, survived. survived. So know. Catherine Parr survived, and Jane Seymour was the one he really loved, they say, who died in childbirth. Yes. And uh, Anne Boleyn, off with her head. I seem to remember Anne, Anne Boleyn, the story went at the time, that uh, the executioner was a bit drunk, as they generally were, mm. and she, uh, it took quite a while yes. to, uh, to behead her. But they do have, and I can't remember where it is now, I, mem- I mentioned it a short while ago, the comb that held her hair up. Because they had long hair in those days, mm. and when she went up to the uh, scaffold, they, they took the comb, pulled her hair up, and stuck the comb in so that he could see the neck. Nice. And I think she was executed French-style, which meant she didn't put her head on the block. She knelt upright and he took it off. God. And did you know, useless information that it is... Interesting, though. I know, fascinating, that all the crowd were able to pay the executioner money to dip their hankies in the blood. 
And that was supposed to bring them good luck. Because mm. it's for her, I'm afraid. Because it's the 500th anniversary this year, I think, of Henry VIII. Because I was at um, Buckingham Palace, as one is, this week. And I saw David Starkey there, the historian. Yes. Who's doing a second book on Henry VIII. Yes. And his, Fascinating man. Yeah. And he's, his favourite wife of the six is Anne Boleyn. Really? Because she was fearless and brave and, to the end, refused to uh, admit that she'd been uh, engaging in... Um, incest with her brother, which was the accusation yeah. they used to get rid of her. What I find fascinating is you walk around Hampton Court mm. and, and you think, my God, they, they walked these corridors. Yeah. Well, you're not sure whether he walked or waddled. Waddled, probably. But uh, it, was, it was fascinating to look at, at, at the places where, when, when, when all the, uh, the, the entourage, about 700, moved in. If they said, you know, the king wants to go to Hampton Court, they just moved in. And they opened all the blinds up because it was a lock-up palace for some strange reason. Yeah. Obviously, no such thing as hoodies in those days. Indeed. And uh, and they all moved in there, but he he stayed in his own quarters, which were at the front of the building, yeah. by by the long water. And they all made merry and ate so many times a day. And it's one of the only surviving Tudor kitchens in the country. And at the moment, they now create meals in the Tudor kitchen for the tourists to watch. You've studied this at length, haven't you? I like going there. Actually, I'm yeah. a member of Historic Royal Palaces. Oh, Dead cheap. Yeah, it's good. Well, I was in the well, other one the other day, and uh, it does need a lick of paint. It does. Well, I know the trouble is all these places cost a lot. You only got to look yeah. at my poor producer to realise there's a lot of restoration goes into inventories <laughs> the light of day. Now I know you're going to be talking about Valentine's Day in the light of. The did you of... get a Valentine's card? Yeah, I did. Good. Yeah, How three, many? Three. I didn't get any. I'm sorry. You sound surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Why that would this be wicked. surprising? Yeah, no, I didn't get any I, at all. I, I did appeal for three on there. Oh, did you? Well, I appealed for anything. I didn't well, yeah, really one care. of them's from me. Oh, is it? Yeah. You're calling yourself Maisie now, and, are you? Yeah, and the other one's your producer. <laughs> you no, don't sorry ruin it. You. Don't sorry. ruin it. Sorry. I got sent some buffalo mozzarella. Oh, that's a nice But unfortunately, present. they didn't put it in the freezer downstairs and it went off. Oh. So that's a bit of a shame. Maybe they'll send you some more. Well, I hope so, yes. yes. Perhaps during the week, not on a Friday. So I'm talking, I'm talking Valentine's Day. And Amanda Pateau, who's my very good friend, is coming in to talk about lots He's of things. He's talking about people who got lucky in love. That sort of thing. Do people, I mean, you can get lucky in love any day of the week. Not round here, you can't, but I mean, oh. most people get lucky in love. I mean, I'm looking at sort of... Well, anyway. Yes. Uh, <laughs> They're not... I'm talking of lucky in love, I'm talking to Anne Widdicombe about those kids who've <laughs> not been fun. lucky in love. Well, have those... you seen the papers today? Unbelievable. There's another They're, two of them. They're crawling out the woods actually one of them going, me. I think it's me, and, and I, I said on air, how many she slept with? Right. At 15 years old. I, I mean, I'm being incredibly naive yeah. and going, she's 15, surely she's still a child. No... She's obviously chucking it out all over and, the place. And if you see the Independence reports today that there's a huge bidding war in Fleet Street for the story. So these kids, if they have had the pleasures, dubious of this little God vixen, they think they're going to make some money out of it. I have to say that when I saw the story in The Sun on Friday, mm. my f initial thought was the parents of that boy, get a DNA test, he isn't old enough. That's what I said. I said on air, listen, I'm looking at her, her mother has said no... That was her first bit of sex. I thought, I don't think so, with no. the light of all these other stories, unless they're all compulsive liars. Yep. I looked at this little boy and thought, you slept with him? What sort of disgusting girl are you? Because he's not even four foot tall. He's not four foot he tall. He hasn't reached puberty. I mean, to be, to be honest with you, they come from disgusting families, and I Well, I think he comes from... He's one of nine children, isn't he? Yeah, they're all on benefits, the whole yeah, lot, lot except his father is not on benefits. Yeah. But the mother and her lot are... But they're living in a £400,000 yeah, house. Quite. Oh, that we should all be on benefits, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. I'm going to talk to Anne Whittacombe, hmm? the former... Um, where, Shadow Home Secretary. Stands. Well, I'm going to ask her about this. Should Fleet Street be paying these people? But the other question... Should, the, should they she be can raise cashing in on is this? ..is if they give them money, which could be anywhere between, what, 10 and 30? Yeah. 10 and 30. Are their benefits going to be stopped, uh, or are they coining... Exactly. All of that aspect. And I'm also going to I would hate this. to think this disgusting family benefited by they've 30 grand because their child slept with that They've thing. broken the law. Yes. Should they not be prosecuted? Should the parents of these kids who allowed this to go on under their roof not be prosecuted? Police have said no. Why not?
Well, so that's the question I'm asking. Mm. But then I'm talking about the, the banking crisis. I'm going to ask this question, uh, Steve. Gordon Brown went before a committee of MPs this week. He didn't say sorry. Uh, the bankers did. I don't think they meant it. No, you haven't given their bonuses back. So I'm going to be asking why is sorry the hardest word for our Prime Minister? Yes. And also, um, they were 120 million, I think, Lloyd's. Lloyd's. Out, isn't it? 120 mm. million. Yes. And that Lloyd's company, because Lloyd's took, uh, was absorbed, merged with HBOS. It was worth 17 billion when they did that a few months ago. And Tax now it's worth money. 4.5 billion. 5. That's another 13 yeah. billion the government have lost us. I know. Sorry. You were just caught, you your, your eyes I'm just caught looking at the television with that fat lights. old girl and this little child who looks like a brother. Well, Doesn't a, she look like Shannon Matthews? And a, a little boy has signed a little child, and you have to feel sorry for the child in all of this, although well, there will be a lot of money. we're hoping that it's not his. On the other hand, I mean, all the other ones crawling up the woodwork saying they, they've slept with her. What a charming family they mm. must be. What, what a credit me, that girl and is. And what treats have I today? Uh, I'll leave you some little tangerines. That's it. Is that yes, it? that is it. Well, because I'm thinking it's about your Lent health. Yet. It's not Lent yet. It is in my house. No, no, it doesn't start till a week on no, Tuesday. No, I've started early. You'll have to get through these quickly because the sell-by date is the 17th, and I think these are the particularly tiny ones, but it's enough and for you. And you didn't say anything about my tie. I was braced for the uh, fuselage no, 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 of the beauty. Do you no. like it? It's, it's OK. It's obviously an old favourite. Well, there He's you so cruel. It's all I can it's say. the first time I'd worn it. Is it really? So, I, I did a bit of telly this morning, so I thought I'd better, better yeah. wear a tie. Um... I think I'm surprised. I'd, I'd rather see you in a hoodie on the television. I think it'd be more more in keeping with the outfits you wear in here some of the time. All this Shocking. sort of time malarkey. Shocking. How's your um, Facebook thing? I don't how do many, Facebook. How many has it reached now? No, you were on Facebook. They put you on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook. They didn't... Darren put you on Facebook. Not on Facebook. Well, you better not have done. Oh, it was YouTube, was it? YouTube. Oh, I get them Oh, it's completely different. 19,000. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I got quite worried there. I thought Facebook, I'd been cloned. Off you go. Andrew Pierce with you after the news at 11 o'clock this morning. A little bit later on, uh, Sunday Night Live with Christo. Uh, he's uh, doing Sequin Heaven from 7. Although I'm doing, I think, Strictly Come Dine with me at 8. I'm going I'm to have to be a tired boy tomorrow morning, I've decided, because I'm not missing Biggins and uh, Edwina Curry and everybody else. Uh, they're going to be... Uh, this week, Christo is asking you just what you were thinking in voting Todd Carty from the series. Well, I would have thought because it's a skating programme, Christo, and Todd Carty was an idiot. A complete idiot. Uh, I must thank uh, Chris Allen from Radio Hillingdon. He says, I know you've been a big fan of Hospital Radio Hillingdon and Alan Green for a while. Strange enough, Alan Green is back at Hospital Radio Hillingdon. Thanks to the internet and digital recording, every Friday his dulcet tones can be heard again. And he says they're also thrilled to have been shortlisted for Hospital Radio Station of the Year, along with nine other fine stations. We'll now have to wait patiently for our gala dinner and award ceremony in, wait for it, Blackpool. So they, you know my feelings about Blackpool. But uh, they do have a new website, RadioHillingdon.com. He says, I can particularly recommend the photo gallery and the audio vault. Thank you very much indeed, RadioHillingdon.com. Let's, uh, let's finish up the programme uh, this morning. Oh, actually, strange enough, Nathan has just seen the YouTube videos. There's quite a few up there. And says, quick question, Steve. What is the obit alarm light under the clock for? And there is, there's a big... Uh, red flashing light there. Well, it doesn't flash at the moment. And it's an obit if, um, if something major happens. For example, if a member of the royal family dies, then there's a very, very good chance that that light will flash. It depends on where they are in the pecking order of the royal family. There is a procedure to adhere to. So if it's a senior member of the royal family, like uh, the Queen, like the Duke of Edinburgh, uh, like Charles or one of the boys, then the light would flash. If it was a minor member of the royal family, there's a very good chance it would just come up as a news item. So the Queen Mother, of course, would activate uh, an obit light. So, but there is a procedure to follow, and I, I doubt there's many people listening at the moment who have any idea at, uh, at what 
sort of level the pecking order comes in at. But it's, it's quite interesting, and there is a, a book that has to be followed. Uh, Steve, great show, and I used to live in Sully, Sully Romford, says Keith. He said, so I missed LBC, we moved to Pompeii, but can't get it on cable. Go and get it on the internet. Much, much easier, please. Uh, read the story, the 13-year-old says, Bruce... The media's throwing money at the family, squeezing every ounce of possibilities. Is he the father? Isn't he? How many boys has the girl slept with? My question is to the general public, will they really be interested in it? The media will say, but people want to read about the family and will buy the paper. Frankly, it's probably the one they would buy, whether or not the story's got the baby event or not. Let's just ignore them. Remember, it was the Sun newspaper that brought Ronnie Biggs back to Britain that left us with the bill to put him in prison, pay for his health care. And if he's released, guess who'll pick up the nursing home bills? Thanks, Sun newspaper, says Bruce. Cynical as I am, I think. Yes, the only reason that uh, Ronnie Biggs came back to this country is because he became ill, and he thought if he gave himself up, he'd get all this free medical health care. And so that's exactly what he's done, and he's milked it ever since. He's a a nasty little piece of work, apart from the fact that he's a big girl's blouse and ran away, and he's now serving a sentence, but he's getting the best medical treatment possible. Steve, I wonder if the young couple sold their story to the newspaper before the baby was born says John, my friendly photographer. Do you know, it, it crossed my mind the other day because she'd had the baby a week before and they seemed to have tonnes of stuff on. So obviously they'd been nurturing the story. These people, though, nowadays, they know that if you actually uh, go onto the internet, you can find no end of people, very similar to Max Clifford, probably not as good, uh, who, this might even be Max Clifford, I've got no idea. I haven't seen any quotes from him, but it's the kind of story that Max would do. Because there is a, an unhealthy interest in something like this. Of course, if it turns out not to be the father, it'll be a case of you'll be putting up with some other spotty 16-year-old Herbert all over the papers next week. 16 minutes to 11. Let's have a check on the... Uh, not just yet. Oh, OK. Uh, quickly, I'll, I'll do another one here. Uh, went to see Untitled at the Finborough Theatre last night. Patrick Reichart and Nicola McAuliffe. Wonderful performances, says Helen. Patrick's portrayal of the butler, whose character slips from butler to HRH, was compelling. Isn't he fantastic? She says, had I not heard your show, uh, I wouldn't have known about this. So I went to see it. And also, the good thing is, he walked through the bar and chatted to people. He graciously accepted our well-downs, and I mentioned I'd heard him being interviewed on the Steve Allen show. So there you go. And don't forget, it's Mark Little you can hear this evening again on In Conversation at 9 o'clock. Mark is literally just over the road at the Leicester Square Theatre. He's talking about his uh, caveman show. So good conversation with him. Do download, please. Go to the podcast and learn how to podcast. I know many of you do, but I'm just reminding those people who don't know about podcasting. It's uh, 15 and a half minutes to 11. Sunday morning, let's have a check on the state of the roads. Here's Bib. Morning, everybody. It's 12 minutes to 11. Do you know how Ilford got its name, Steve? No. Not a clue. Ilford. Anybody know? 84850, Steve at LBC. Clive in Watford and... Loads of other people are quite curious as to what the Hokey Pokey Man <laughs> actually sold. <laughs> I thought you'd all be thrilled to discover there'll be lots of people over the age of 50 going, oh, the Hokey Pokey Man. Used to come down our street, people would rush to the door. What was the Hokey Pokey Man selling? He was selling ice cream. They were always Italian, uh, they always had a little cart, and it was Hokey Pokey. It was ice cream. Ice cream. In the days when, you know, it wasn't, as I can remember going out and buying, many of you must remember, round cones with a round ice cream that came with cardboard round it. And you took the cardboard off and you put it in there and it was round. You must remember those. I used to get those in Ilford, surprisingly. Dee says, bet the girl's family wouldn't give permission for a DNA. Probably on any of them, I should imagine. They're just, it's just, I find it absolutely unbelievable that the people's headline, and I understand news stories, I understand the relevance of them and the interest that the public uh, and we have, but they say, baby scandal Alfie and his family talk to the people. 
Why has he not been taken into care? Who's allowing a 13-year-old to have sex with this dreadful child? In fact, the whole thing is just revolting. It, it's like the, the Jade story, which is on every single paper, uh, but different pictures and different slants. We, we know she wants to get married, and uh, but each paper... In fact, one of them has actually said, this is the paper that Jade has spoken to, indicating, they've said here, her only interview, that the other papers have just cobbled something together. Because that's generally what happens. Somebody will say, well, listen, who's she talking to? Who is actually paying the money? Is it the news of the world? Is it the mirror? They say her only interview. You have to work out in your own mind, which is, which is the honest bit, I suppose. But uh, either way, she's now making, uh, making all these plans. And she's uh, going to include Max Clifford. And I said before on the, on the programme, you couldn't have a better person. He'll know exactly what to do. He'll know how to do it, even though he himself is facing problems with, with cancer. Uh, one here, oh, you'll have to get in quicker, I can't do any, uh, any question. This one, I've lost all my iTunes from my old Mac. I have a new Mac and my tunes are on my iPod. Can I reverse them without losing the tunes from my iPod? You'll have to get in quick next week when, when Darren is back again. I'm so sorry, we, we got through as many as we could. Uh, 84850, uh, Another one here, very, very peculiar from, uh, Barbara. And says, uh, your item on Jay Goody this morning is in very bad taste. She's tried to do... You're obviously not listening, actually, Barbara. It's a shame you're not listening properly. What a shame. But never mind. And uh, I can't be bothered to explain it to you again. If you, if you weren't sort of quick enough to pick it up on the first time around, there's no point in making lies up. Uh, Martin says, Darren must be older than he sounds if he remembers the Corona lorry. No, the Corona lorry was going up until uh, only a short while ago. He said, we used to have one come round each week in the 60s. Dandelion and burdock. Not in Corona, you never did. I remember Cremola, and uh, and they used to put that on... What did they used to do that? Was it ice cream floats? It was cream soda, it was. Never, like, never, never dandelion and burdock, I don't think. Judy says, as most of your family live near Bromley... No, they don't. Are people listening this morning? We've got Barmy Barbara, and now Judy says, no, no, they don't live near um, Bromley at all. She says, how about booking the Churchill Theatre as a venue for a get-together? It's a good idea. She says, I live in Orpington, which is near Bromley. I've never been able to secure a ticket to one of your shows. I would love to join in the experience. I might have some news for you on that, uh, on that front. Uh, Messenger Plus has a feature to remove sponsor programmes, says Frank. Thank you very much indeed. Um, hi to Sue as well. And uh, very quickly here, time teamer at my school this week. Hampton Court was modelled on it and Henry VIII has a connection to it. Says American. Time team. We love time team. I watched that the, this morning and it was particularly good. It's just a shame they have to, to cover everything uh, up again afterwards, because if it was on my land, I'd leave it open so people could come round and, and visit, which would be fabulous. Um, another one here, very quickly. Lizzie says, you may not want to be on Facebook, but there is a Steve Allen LBC legend page, which I'm a member. Certainly nothing to do with me. Anybody else know about this? Anybody not? You just looked it up. Oh, oh dear. Not really sure we want to know about this at all, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, another one here, and uh, this is from uh, Ian. The 13-year-old father could be another Shannon Matthews case, with the press being turned over by some scheming parents that are trying to get the big money. Well, it, the strange thing is, we're actually trying to find out what the money is. We think it could be anywhere between ten and £30,000, and then hopefully Anne Whittakin will answer later on with Andrew after the news at 11, exactly whether or not their benefits are going to be taken away. Because that would be more interesting, isn't it? 
John says, why not replace the old ice cream vans with condom vans? They could cruise around the streets being, saying, buy me and stop one. It's an old gag, I know, but it's worth repeating. Uh, Ilford got its name from the fact that if you stop there, you'll definitely catch something. What a dreadful slur on Ilford. Ilford's a wonderful place, I'm afraid. Wonderful place. It is absolutely fantastic. Room at the top, one of the best discos in the country. Uh, Steve, do you know anyone who can help me by standing as a guarantor so I can get a loan of £3,000? No, I don't think so. I think that's a bit of a personal thing, being, uh, being, a, guarant- being a guarantor or things like that. It has to be a family, doesn't it, I think? Uh, Jean says, dandelion burdock ice cream sodas, Lancashire school days. Certainly not southern, I'm telling you. Certainly not southern. 84850, steve at Do you know that insurance claims for car accidents in the snow the week before last are going to run to, how much do you reckon? 63 million quid people have put in. 63 million pounds. Absolutely fantastic. Unlike the picture of Beth Ditto. Uh, Beth, famous for being the uh, belting standing in the way of control. Let's nothing stand in the way of her roles here. Uh, she's 14 stone. And she's stripped off for a magazine called Love. And uh, they say here she's a rock princess with a massive fan base, including Stixin supermodel Kate Moss. And apparently lesbian Beth, who turns 28 this week, herself admits she was flabbergasted to become Kate's mate, uh, mate. Even though, you see on some of these websites, it probably isn't Kate Moss. That's the thing. I remember somebody once telling me that they were writing to one of the people on one of the ice dancing programmes, and I said it's pretty unlikely it's actually going to be them. It'll just be uh, one of these strange people who writes just to get, you know, other people contacting them because they haven't got any friends. Uh, Chelsea Davy is facing claims that she only got her first job because of her royal connections. She's got a, a contract with a, a law firm, £37,000 a year. I think it's highly likely if it hadn't been for her hanging around with Prince Harry, nobody would have known about her at all. Uh, Joe Mott today says, uh, we were all amazed when that woman gave birth to eight nippers. But by thunder, he says, can you imagine having to sit through the baby pictures? It's going to take forever, isn't it? You know, here's another picture. Here's another picture. The PR firm, strange enough, representing the octuplet's mother, Nadia Suleiman, is stepping down following death threats. She's apparently had more than 200 death threats. Uh, and I think this takes a uh, number of children up to, I think, 13. Uh, mainly, she says, because uh, she was an only child. I've never heard of it before. Never heard of that one before. Uh, Ronnie Biggs, they say, is fighting for his life again after catching pneumonia. And soap bosses in Britain have been warned to brace themselves for cuts that could kill off their biggest stars. The network counterparts in America have already started culling people because of the huge amounts. Unfortunately, over here, our soap stars don't earn anything like the celebrities in America. Uh, Steve, uh, 13 years old, surely he's not old enough to even babysit. I think so. I think so. Do you remember Mickey the Monkey chocolate milk that your mum opened with a bottle opener delivered by the milkman? Says H. I do remember chocolate milk. In fact, I seem to remember we used to have it at school as well. Uh, Vanessa says, we had dandelion and burdock uh, from the Corona Man. Uh, do you remember the rag and bone man? You gave him rags, he gave you a goldfish. I do. I think I've seen that on the television, but I've, in fact, if you look at, uh, there's a couple of old films out at the moment, and uh, one of them has got the rag and bone man who used to give kids a balloon in the days when a balloon was considered quite a nice prize. So he would come along and he'd say, have you got any rag and bones? Many of the time we tried to offload my auntie Enid, but he didn't want her. He used to drop her off at the corner. So we'd sort of shove her on there, and I'd say, well, you know, she is rag and she's certainly bone. And, uh, and they'd give you a balloon in exchange. You'd go home with a balloon. And it was like that great French film that came out, which I think is called Le Red Ballon. And it was about a little kid who was given a balloon. 
And at the end of the... Uh, after some nasty youths burst his balloon, at the end of the film, um, all the balloons in Paris came and took him away to a much nicer place. It's a bit of a sad day, isn't it, really? Uh, please stop judging these children for how this degraded society has failed them with its promotion and of advertising and promiscuity. I don't think he's old enough to know what advertising and promiscuity is, actually. He's a 13-year-old uh, who was unfortunately tempted by um, a little vixen at the age of 15 years old who was already on the pill. Strange. A lot of people saying he doesn't even look physically capable of fathering a child. Certainly is, I'm afraid. If it does go wrong and the 13-year-old has to join Justice for Fathers, he can easily find a Spider-Man outfit to fit him, which, of course, is something worth thinking about today. That's it. I'm back with you uh, tomorrow morning, 8 for 8580, steve at uk. Nathan says, you can restore music to your Mac from your iPod by downloading a programme called Podworks. Only around a fiver, but well worth it, and will restore all your playlists. So that's good news. means nothing at all to me, because I do make sure I back up everything. Thank you, Warren, as well. Thank you to you. We'll uh, be back again tomorrow morning between 5 and 7, the Monday morning. And don't forget, uh, this evening, you can uh, have another listen to Mark Little, who's our special guest in conversation. Andrew's with you after the news with the lovely Anne Widdicombe, and you can talk about promiscuity and all other things like that on LBC 97.3.